First of all, family, today we got a special, special guest episode today. My man, Charlie's, raining out of Texas, but operating in Oklahoma. His weed is amazing. The flavors are just like they smell. We enjoy the herb. The man's got an incredible journey. He's a respectable man, and he's running a family business. So go support him. It's really dope. And you know, speaking of the family, make sure you go to FSOTD.com. Check out all three tiers. Support, subscribe. Shout out to the Tier 3 gang. We see you guys. You get your name rolled in the credits of the podcast. We appreciate all that. Also, the merch. We got new merch hitting, new merch coming, new rolling trays, new ashtrays, everything you guys asked for, new shirts, go check everything out, shop.fsotd.com, and then go get a Dr. Dabber. Check the sponsors on fsotd.com to see the most recent code for Dr. Dabber. They have to change it sometimes, but go get an excess, go get an all-white Boost Evo, and get smoking like the game, man. Enjoy yourself a little bit. If you didn't know, fsotd.com, we have all our discount codes for the people we work with, sponsors, all that. It also gets you priority, hit them up growgeneration.com for all our growers, all the homies who need grow products, who wanna dabble in growing, or you need delivery straight to your big spot. Growgeneration.com, the code is firstsmoke10, again, fsotd.com. Drip Hydro, if you're a grower and you're not happy with the way your flowers smoking, looking, tasting, all that, let's try Drip Hydro. Hit us up at family at firstsmokeoftheday.com by email. Let us know you wanna try Drip Hydro. We will get you linked up. Smash the like button, mm -hmm. run the comments up. We're trying to get to 50,000 subscribers. Make sure you subscribe. And without any further ado, man, let's get into my man Charlie's journey right here. Smoking. On first smoke of the day, let's go. Because like everybody that knows me, bro, that knows that I've grown weed my whole life, they'd be like, I got this weed from Charlie. $100,000 commissions. Cause I was closing $5 million deals, $10 million fucking deals. That's how you do an MSO deal. We, yeah. I'm not gonna do a deal like that if I don't grow the weed. Videos. I don't have a TikTok, This dude has like five. But does first yeah, have right. one? <laughs> I, I gotta say, Charlie, too, this what? is smoking. Oh, yeah. You, bro. This is smoking, and I'm not just saying that. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's first smoke of the day. We got featured episode four with my man, Charlie's, running out of Texas, currently operating in Oklahoma. How you doing, big dog? Good, bro. Just excited to be here. Happy to be here, you know? I'm, I'm a fan of the podcast, bro. I'm a fan of what you guys are doing. Like I was telling you before the episode, the way you guys have built this, like listening from episode one or four, whichever episode that was, to like now, bro, it's inspiring. You know? Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. So I'm a fan. No, we're fucking a fan of what you do, and man, you came correct. I appreciate you that, bro. The custom jars, our logos are on the jars from the family too. From I like family. that. Everything is from the family. Tell us what about you know. Let's you know. Let's definitely get into your story. But I'm I'm fascinated with the brand because it's simple, but it's yeah. timeless, and I can tell there's a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah, you, you so, got you got an eye for that, bro, because you took yeah. the words out of. That's how I describe the brand. Is it timeless? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we wanted to build. So, so we call ourselves, we're a, we're a family owned higher end cannabis brand. You know, I it's like myself, that. uh, my brother, who's been with me in the weed business for about 15 years. My son, who's 23 years old. 
Damn. Um, and then my nephew, who's 23 years old. So it's us four. We basically run Damn. the brand and run the business, you know? Wow. So it's And they're cousins. So it's your yeah, brother's son. My Yeah. Well, that's actually my sister's son. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So it's not even my Amazing. brother's son. So wow. it's my sister's son, you know? Um, but it's a family thing, bro. Like, Charlie's is me. That's my nickname. That's I, ever, ever since I was a little kid, just everybody calls me Charlie, you know? Um, and so, but this is a family thing, bro. It's a generational for us, you know? Like, my dad... You know, did time for the plant. I've been in the weed game 20 years. My son now has been in the cannabis industry since he was 17. He's 23, six years now. Damn. You know? So it's really, it's a family thing, bro. It ain't, it ain't me. It's, that's why it's like really important to communicate that, you know. And it was intentional that we put from the family on there because how am I going to come on the podcast and take all the credit? And then, you know, my nephew, my son, my brother are watching. It's like, bro, they deserve just as much credit it just so happens to be that my name's on the brand because it was a cool idea you know i love i love that you took the family approach and it's actually family like that, that's yeah, fire appreciate that man talk about like the beginnings of times and shit i mean if you're, you're you growing up like did you know what your pops was up to and shit or like so it was so growing up bro like um so i grew up in so i'm rich, my family's from juarez from mexico right so my dad was a cop in juarez Growing like when he was growing up in his young, you know, twenties and thirties, he was a cop in in uh, in Juarez. Um, they had me in El Paso, which is like right across the border. But then we went back, and I was living in Mexico for like the first four years of my life, something like that, three four years of my life. So, um, I mean, my dad growing up, bro, was just like a hustler. Like he sold cars, he uh, did construction. When we moved to the states when I was four. We moved to Dallas, and I think he first was in like construction. Then got into car sales, um, had a restaurant business, had a rim shop. So he was just like a hustler, bro. Like your typical hardworking immigrant hustler, business minded, self-employed, you know, entrepreneur mindset. Um, but I didn't even know that my dad got in trouble for the plant, bro, until until I got into the weed business. Like, and he knew, and my mom told me. She's like, Well, you know, this happened. You know, and I was like, damn, I never fucking knew that. But then I put everything together. I'm like, they're from Juarez. <laughs> you know what I mean? My dad was a cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. all kind of fucking added up, right? Yeah. But by the time that we moved to the States, that was in his past. You know, like when we moved yeah. to the States, like he was just a hardworking okay, yeah, dude yeah, yeah. here. That was like before so I was So he went to Mexican born. jail? No, because he got caught in the States, bro. He oh, got caught okay, in El Paso. Okay. Yeah, so he was, oh. I've never talked about this publicly. I hope he doesn't get yeah. mad. But um, so yeah, he got caught transporting across the border. You know, and this is at a time when that's prevalent. That's but we did Fed on. time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. This this is in the eight. This is in the the seventies, bro. Oh, shit. wow. Yeah, this is in the seventies. I was I was born in eighty one, so this is probably like seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, something like that. Um. So yeah, but that you was had no clue growing up. And no, hell just, no, yeah. bro. No, to me, my dad was just a hardworking dude always. Yeah, you hustling, know, hustling, and he and he. I didn't get to see him that much because, bro. You know, like we grew up pretty modest, bro. You know what I mean? Like my parents worked long fucking hours, right? Like they had a restaurant. When they had a restaurant, my sister basically raised me because they would be gone at 8 a.m. They'd come home at 8 p.m. And we wouldn't see them seven days a week, bro. If we wanted to see them or spend time with them, we had to go wait tables. And run the right, register. You gotta go work. Gotta go work you know? <laughs> hey, you help the Yo. dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. Bro, it's funny any because kid like, with an entrepreneurial family <laughs> is like that is the setup. Like, you, know, you come up here, so you gotta funny. work. Though. You're getting yeah. handed a broom. Like, yeah. On the weekends, yeah. bro. When I was 12 years old, on the weekends, I'd go sell cars with him at the car lot. Yeah, I would sell cars, bro. Feels great. Yeah, I'd be like 12, 13 years old, like, hey, you guys looking for this car? Hey, come check this. Get inside. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm selling cars, bro. So like. 
you know, that was basically growing up, bro. Like my parents were just super fucking hardworking, always working, trying to, you know, different businesses. And it seemed like they they got close to having success and then something would happen. Mm. Like my dad had a rim shop, right? And like it started popping, bro. Like he was selling rims and all this and that and he was making money and then it got robbed and he didn't have insurance. So then he was like, you know, what are 50 bands in the hole, which back then, dude, right? Like you're, that's a lot of money, bro. You're raising a family. You just came to this country. Like, yeah. So, um, I always just saw them really hard working, dude, you know? And, um, but I had a good childhood, bro. I can't act like we didn't have much, but I was happy kid. Yeah. You know, I was just curious and bad, you know, (laughs) in those days too, is like, you didn't know any better. No. So it wasn't like a big deal. Right. I feel bad for the kids now. Yeah, bro. Well, they don't kids now, bro. They're never going to have the youth like we had. Nah. And I see it even with like my daughter, bro. So my daughter's 16 years old and it's like a thing to get her off fucking TikTok and like go like live. Like that's why they're trying to ban that shit. I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay then they with say, that, bro. And then they say, if you go over there and look at it, it's all educational and stuff. They're like plaguing. No, seriously. Like TikTok is like heroin. It, bro, it really it's it like is the you know final why? stage of social media where you're like, <laughs> it is, but it's, you know, you try sick. to get off and you're like, it's like, well, you know, heroin releases dopamine, right? Yeah. yeah. TikTok, social media releases dopamine. Mm-hmm. Especially when them likes are Yeah, up so you're just like, comments. every every five seconds, bro, you get something else that you really like. Oh, nah, shit. It's the platform. You see, you never really been on there. I got on it. I built up like five TikToks. Oh, no. I thought you meant Instagram. We're talking TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. No, TikTok's a whole different beast, You bro. would be fucked on TikTok. <laughs> You'd be glued to the I phone. Do, I I'll eat the app. You don't think I'd be dancing like everybody else? No, That's bro. Hilarious. Like, you would be hooked on watching it. That's it's not funny. that it gets you hooked on creating. Yeah. It you hooked on looking at it. Because they're short the skits. Format. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, fucking everyone. I, I hear about it. That's why I don't do it. Yeah, bro. I hear too much negative. If you're under the age of 25, you're on TikTok heavy. Yeah, 100%. Real shit. If you're over 25, you're on Instagram. Yeah. And if you're over 40 or 50, you're on on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I feel like, bro, I feel like it's changed the way kids live, like communicate. Like, do kids nowadays know how to have real friends that are real people? I don't know. Conversations like They only know how to have them through digital means, right? Mm -hmm. Like one or two, hey, cool comments, fucking comments on the thing. But, you know, I have younger siblings and like, I'll text them. Yeah. And I feel real weird. Almost where I got a call back and be like, yo, is everything cool? Like, what's yeah. going on? They're just they're they send Snapchats to each other. Yeah. Of like half their face with like a few words. And this is how right. they communicate back and forth now. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do that, obviously. So right. Texting is gonna be weird. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it is what it is. Like it's cause you lose when you're like it's really weird. You when know. that's how you develop relationships on like on like through a tech through you know, technology, through like a, a social media platform. You lose that human touch, right? So like on social media, bro, you communicate in ways you don't communicate in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you'll put up a story and be like, oh, you know, two or three words to fucking say a whole sentence. But if you're in front of somebody, you're going to talk about that and you communicate, you react, I react. There's an emotional aspect to that, right? That yeah. personal connection. You don't get that shit on social media. So it's I think isolating. It's isolating, it's bro. So it changes how kids nowadays interact with each other. They, they're having a hard time being around people. Yes, bro. They have a hard time developing real relationships. Socializing. Yes, Communicating. Bro. 100%, dog. It's crazy. Needs and wants, too. Yeah, bro. It's like bigger than just like, oh, uh, I wanted you to get me a drink or something. Like It's like, well, you got to fucking tell me. You like, yeah, I don't bro. even know how to do that. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty bro. wild. So, 
you know, my kids, you know, they're my daughter. I have she's a sixteen year old. Daughter. She's like, yeah, right. She's gonna get mad, dude. But she's she, she'll be all right. So <laughs> no, I have a she's she's TikTok in the episode. Yeah, she's TikTok in the episode. Hopefully, she shares it. She's like, your dad sucks. Do you guys have a TikTok? Forget you, millennials. I don't have a TikTok. This dude has like five. But does first smoke have one? But dude, does first smoke have one? We've been kicked off a bunch of times because there's no smoking. There's no weed. There's no talking about weed. It's so PG that we're just like, hey, got it. We've tried a few times to do one because people say for podcasts, it's like the best thing you we can got, do. We yeah, got Lance to wear a, a clown wig and try to do some skits, but they didn't pan out too well. He got pissed off. He's already getting memed and shit. That's hilarious, bro. We were going to do a funny commercial, right? And, yeah. And it was a Sean. Oh, o- we are doing the commercial. It was a Sean O'Malley commercial. For the, a Dr. Dabber. Sean, Sean O'Malley. You know, the fighter, the, the UFC MMA fighter. fighter. Sugar, yeah. What's his name? Sugar, Sugar Sean. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, yo, let's do a, let's do a funny commercial where we're hitting the Dr. Dabber and then poof, you turn into like Sean O'Malley, right? Yeah. Or, I was like, he'll, or he'll walk around the corner. <laughs> is that and what you like, guys were posting on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. This, well, <laughs> see, this is what's funny. You know about this dude's in the back. About that C-Dog. He's like, oh, let me get the heat off of me and and throw some on this dude and put me what on. What do you some, mean? It wasn't my There's gig. no context it on it. Skin. So people are like, what is this dude doing? That's hilarious. Right? Bro. But yeah, yeah. We were like, yo, let's do some funny commercials and shit. Let's do some, you know, have fun with it. This is the thing is like, people take themselves so seriously yes and it's like yeah bro we like if you grow fire you grow fire but you can also be a fun guy to hang out you don't have to always be like serious and this is my brand and if i don't look this way then i don't do this and i can't bro what is that what kind of life is that right Right. it's like how that's how that's what this whole show is too is like we get to know you you gotta have personal and yeah yeah you gotta have fun and having a personal experience with i gotta say charlie too this is smoking oh yeah i told you bro this is smoking and i'm not just saying that i know you're not that's why i know what i gave you i'm like what am i giving on this is the work rule or something yeah that's chrome's the way i knew when i looked at it i was like this shit is different so that was bred by og smoking great so um you guys obviously shout know, out og Rascal. yeah bro shout yeah, out OG's a fucking og bro og so i used to up, vend you know? i used to vend packs to his dispo back in like 2010 in the valley he had a couple of dispos he had one called down to earth and the other one was called vapes and the other mm-hmm. vapes was in la down to earth was in the valley so i used to vend packs to him bro back in like 2011 and and uh so he had all his genetics at that shop he had like his seeds clones everything right so like i bought a bunch of seeds and I've been sitting on them, dude, for like 12, 13 years. And I was like, fucking, you know what people do to go back fire. to that shop right oh, now know, and buy bro. clones off that rack and seeds? Bro, the se- I have seeds from back. I, I still have some of his seeds that I haven't Ooh. popped, dude. They're like, I was like, dude, I'm going to wait for when these flavors are cool again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then pop that shit later on down the road whenever people are tired of what's currently fucking hot. You know, these are for breeding and shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, dude, I have a bunch of dude. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Genetic shit. Yeah, that's I love old it, dude. Old school type of gas too. But it's funky. got that. It kind of tastes like OG a little funky. bit, like kind and of. It tastes and it changes though, dog. I like, like it. It changes like when you first start smoking it, it tastes a certain way. Then when you get halfway through it, you're like, God damn, is that OG I'm tasting now? Yo, family, if you want to know where to get all the dope exclusive merch you see us rocking on the show, go to shop.fsotd.com. It's free shipping on all domestic orders. We're trying to hook up the whole family. We want you guys to rock the merch and show us you're a part of the family. All the ashtrays are on there. The lighters are on there. The trays are on there. The stonewash hoodie is on there. The family ties tea is sold out. You should have moved quicker. Um, (laughs) And also... 
Yo, tag us in photos. Let us know you're rocking the merch, you're rolling up on the tray, you're watching firstsmokeoftheday.com. Let us know how you first smoke of the day. Hit us up on Instagram, first smoke of the day. It and starts almost sherby. Bitch is greasing up. Like, it, it, for me, it's I had like a good sherb flavor. While I, I wonder what the white is, though, by chrome. So that's a chrome cut. Swamp Boy Seeds based out of Florida originally. So that was, I thought it was an OG. Like some sort of OG, because because Triangle Rascal, Kush or some shit. It's like a you're saying cave. Chrome the White. Yes. Oh, we have like a rich history. Okay, with what's the Chrome white. the White? So what went into it? I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's been around since yeah, 20 years. 2003, four, yeah, four, five, right in three, three to five, 2003 to five. Yeah, they used to, man. They're badass guys who don't get enough credit too because oh, like sure Swamp Boy, bro. They oh, they had a strain called McFly. I remember originally. that. Yes, insane, bro. Mm -hmm. Like. They've had some hit bangers that like old school bangers that yeah. like looking back were like, wow, these guys were 20 years ahead of their time. 100%, bro. So this is one of those though. It tastes old so it's, school, so it's the but white it's new. Times purple Urkel. Oh, right? Fire. Bro. And, we, and we, we selected it at like a. So I said like a gassy, funky purple. Yeah, like an yeah, like old school yeah. purple with a twist on it, it right? Is. Yeah. It's like if you were to, it's like 2023 purple Urkel. Like you wouldn't want purple Urkel from 20 years ago because it's just, you would want like a little it's gas in great. it. Yeah, you want something else. Shout out know? to the family. Appreciate that, bro. Fucking doing a great job. I yeah. appreciate that, man. I'm impressed, man. Thanks, All the jars man. are no bullshit. I appreciate yeah. that. Look at that fucking thing. Yeah, that, that's probably my you favorite weed right now. It's just smoking. Yeah. And it's potent. Yeah, I can appreciate it because it's potent. Bro, it only tested it's not, like 16 it's not a or 17%. Light. You believe that? No. I mean, I don't either. Testing's bullshit. I never yeah. pay attention to that. I don't either. I smoke it and see what I think. 100%. You could be... You could test something and give it to two people and it's going to hit them totally different. 100%. It has nothing to do with a percentage. Yep. I agree. Just In like my opinion. Though, just like high-end good wine. Yes. Yeah, just no, like, like... No one looks yeah, at nobody, none of that. Nobody's like, hey. Good whiskey. <laughs> is, is it 150? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Dude, no is one that 150 does it, taste, <laughs> does it taste good or not? How does it make you feel? Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, yeah. That's it's, what, like The product should speak to the quality of it, not effect, the numbers. You know? Yeah. Flavor and, and then and then experience experience were bro. you fucking choking were you doing it a hundred not and i'm see this to me is a good experience and whoever rolled this that's my hand roll job. i rolled that shit wow. Wow. you killed yeah. it dude so everybody kind of knows me for rolling fucking massive joints because it's like when i smoke dude i'm 42 years old bro i've been smoking weed since i was 13 i have to smoke four or five gram joints <laughs> yeah you know, otherwise it's just like you know what you know yeah nothing you know so yeah. i roll these huge joints and um, I recently started a rolling page where I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm going to start posting rolling content, you know? So I, uh, and I started just getting into the organic tip, you know, the, yep. the tips and, job, and getting cigar bands. I thought you on had a crew do this. No, I did that, bro. Fire. Yeah, I did. I, I, I love rolling weed though. To me, it's like fun, you know, like yeah. the whole experience, like the grinder and the breaking it up and how sticky it is and, and doing a good job and it looking good. Like it's satisfying. You know, absolutely. To get into your journey, though, because I want to know how the, yeah. how you got. What was here. it like, high school and shit? So high, so I grew up in a suburb of Dallas, bro, called Arlington. Okay, and um, Arlington is like, you know, back in the eighties, it was pretty safe. It was pretty, you know, you know, predominantly white area. You know, when we moved to that part of Dallas, it was like there wasn't a whole lot of color there yet. You know, this is in the eighties, maybe eighty three, eighty four. Um, by the time I went to high school, there was a little more color. So my high school was pretty mixed you know like there was like white asian hispanic black like we had a good mixture of everything but high school for me was like i was a bad kid bro 
Like I dropped out of high school when I was 16 years old, you know? Um, I was like selling drugs, bro. <laughs> to be completely honest, you know what I mean? Like, like I got into selling weed. I got into doing all kinds of other shit. So high school for me was like a big. What, what was like the pop and shit back then? The pop and shit that we would do is like go to go to people like skip school and go get fucked up at someone's house and. Yeah, um, it's pretty normal pretty actually. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you like, guys do that? I mean, of course, right? Everybody that's a timeless that. pastime. That's like yeah. everybody in the 1920s. You at some age in between an age range of I maybe at 13, 13 to 20. Yeah, y'all. You started young. That's God, young. Yeah. I was still a great kid at 13. Bro, at 13, I was a fucking heathen. Wow. So, so this is, is your, a, listen to this. Is your, you have your older brother? No, bro. Oh, I have wow. an older sister who's like a, she was a straight A student. But like my mom, bro, was like fucking rebellious when she was little. Like she would like, forge her report card like she was a fucking heathen you know yeah so i think i just got that from her you know because like bro as a kid i was just you had friends like, and shit or that would yeah you know, i had i had older homies you know that like yeah. teaching they were yeah they weren't i mean i was already bad bro so they were i was they just made it made me comfortable doing the bad shit <laughs> you know what i mean they weren't really teaching me anything because i was already doing it all you know like dude i like i started smoking weed when i was i think i was 12 years old bro my first time smoking weed I was in seventh grade. How old are you in seventh grade? Uh, 12 13, or 13, maybe? Yeah, at least 13. So I was in, seven, right so in, I was in seventh grade um, at a party. Damn. And I had some friends. Yeah, that that's, like, like, that's like graduation, 13. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think I, my birthday's in April, bro. So I'm a late, late, like I start the school yeah, year, yeah, yeah. a year before. My, I'm younger than everybody, right? We're right there too. So like yeah. I graduated high school and joined the Marine Corps at 17. When I went back to get my fucking, I dropped out and then went back to go to the military. But um, so high school was, bro, it was like a blur, bro. It was just like parties, skipping school, yeah. getting fucked up, selling weed, fucking selling other things, you know, like getting in trouble, dude. You know, sounds fun. <laughs> it was <laughs> looking back on it now. I wish I was played sports and was a good kid, bro, because I would have had a way better experience. And well, actually, you know what? Going back, I wouldn't change anything about my life, right? But you know, I want my kids to have that experience, like playing sports, go to college, get in a fraternity or sorority. Like, you know, it's more memorable. It's more memorable, bro. Like I grew up at, like, it's you end up with a bunch of trauma and crazy shit going on. 16 years old, bro. I was in a jump off. Like yeah. just dropped out of fucking school. Like got to figure shit out. You know what I mean? Like, um, dude, I, and, and I, dude, I started selling weed when I was 13 years old. Nick you had to ask some older homies put you up to that. Bro, here, listen to this story. So the guy, <laughs> this, this, this is going to fucking make you guys laugh. And the person that I'm going to talk about is probably going to listen to this podcast and he's going to text me when I'm done. <laughs> but I'm not going to fucking say his name. So when I, this is the first time, this is the second time I'd smoked weed. So the first time was at a party. And, um, and it was just in a fucking Coke can with holes in it. And it was like some swag, fucking Reggie ass <laughs> seeds and stems with a yep. little bit of weed, you know? Sounds familiar. And so I didn't get high. So I'm like, not interested. I don't know what this is, but not interested, you know? So whatever, I forgot about it. So then uh, the next year, so I was in eighth grade. One of my buddies is like, hey man, when we, when we get out of school, we're going to go to this girl's house. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, just, just go with me, bro. Just keep her busy. I'm like, hmm? what, what the fuck? He's like, just go, bro. I'll pay you. I'm like, all right, cool. You know? So, <laughs> so <laughs> all right, then I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I'm in. So then, so then we go to her house and uh, I'm talking to her in the living room and then he fucking disappears. I figure he goes use the bathroom or something, you know? And then he comes out and he's like, hey, we got to go. I'm like, he's like, we got to go now. I'm like, all right, fuck, we got to go. Let's go. We're, hey, we're leaving. Bye, whatever we leave, right? 
Um, and then so we get outside, bro, and we hop on our bikes and we're fucking take off and we go to his house. And when we get there, he pulls out a fucking QP of weed. Damn. It was like a big gallon Ziploc bag with like four, four or five fingers all the way across the bottom, right? And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Where'd you get that? He's like, well, her dad sells weed, bro. So I went in the closet and I took it. He had fucking bricks all the way to the ceiling. And I'm like, damn, bro, you're crazy. I'm like, well, how much is that worth? So he had an older brother, right? So his older brother, we took it to his older brother. And we're like, dude, look what we got, blah, blah. And his older brother's like, damn, y'all need to fucking sell that shit. And we're like, well, what do we do? And he's like, well, go buy a scale. And back in those days, the scales that have the little, you attach it and it like, you know, goes up and down or whatever. So he's like, go buy a fucking scale, get some bags and fucking tell everybody at school you got weed. We're like, all right, fuck it. So we go get a scale. We go get a scale. We get some bags, bro. And then, and he tells us, he's like, but you got to be careful because they have drug dogs at school. He's like, so they're going to have dogs that come through the hallways and shit. So you can't keep it at school, you know? So we're like, all right, fuck, what do we do? So I had this genius idea, bro, that we we're going to put it in the bathroom up in the roof and smooth the ceiling tiles and put it on top of this, in the bathroom on top of the ceiling and have a scale and bags where we could serve everybody from the bathroom. It was hidden above the ceiling tiles. You know how you can move them? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So we took Did it to school. We hid it up there. And we were fucking trapping bro out of wow. the bathroom. Drug dogs would come through the hallway and we'd be shitting bricks. They're like, damn, bro, they're going to find our weed. It took us the whole school year to sell that fucking QP. You know what I mean? Like it took us three or four months to sell that fucking so QP. So you kept up the whole time? Yeah, bro. We were just fucking selling People weed. didn't smell it. Like, what the fuck is it? It was it Reggie like, Schwag. It smells like dog. weed and shit. And if someone was smoking in the bathroom. It was Reggie Schwag, though. It didn't really, like, I yeah. don't remember even smelling, bro. I remember like, just like was no smell. green and clumpy <laughs> and stems and seeds. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I wish I could remember what they really looked like, but it was green and it was just, you know, fucking yeah. Reggie brickweed. But it was a little fluffier than like real compressed yeah. brick. It was like a little fluffy. Um, and so that was like my first experience fucking selling weed dude that's fucking high risk high yeah. stake right and then there, after bro. that i was hooked bro because i'm <laughs> yeah. like dude adrenaline right you had adrenaline, adrenaline. yeah and then kind of like you know being bad you get a rush out of being bad when you're a kid bro it's like my son he'll take my phone and he'll fucking run for me and laugh because it's fun being bad and shit you know so like I, th I think i just like liked being bad bro i was like this this is fun you know yeah um so that was like how it all started bro really you know, from that day forward, Charlie always had weed. You know? <laughs> Charlie was the plug. For and this is all in El Paso. This, this is, is in Dallas, bro. This is this is in Dallas, Arlington. Arlington, yeah, yeah. So that's Arlington is like thirty minutes from Dallas. You know, it's like a suburb. <laughs> I live in Dallas now, but back then I lived in Arlington. So that was like my first experience, like really, with weed, bro. Like smoking weed, selling weed. You know, Texas has a huge population of people that love good cannabis. Bro, it's Texas like, is big on the weed shit. Bro. Huge, It's man. a huge market. Bro. Yeah. It's a huge market. Fucking massive market. But people, people that Texas know what they want to smoke, like I get a lot of really intelligent people DMing me and we have great combos. You got like, a lot of heady smokers in Texas. Yeah. Well, well Dallas and Houston and Austin, mm -hmm. you got the heady smokers that want to buy, you know, but then also, bro, like here's the thing though, too, if I'm being really honest. Yeah. Like, they're heady, but they're buying a lot of re-rock, bullshit and they think it's fire because they don't they don't they can't go to a dispensary bro and like compare it to 20 other brands right all they know is like bro this is a mylar bag they came from california so it's fire you know but i've seen a lot of them bro sometimes they're good sometimes so, sometimes they're getting finesse because dudes are putting i see some shit in these bags and i'm like bro i wouldn't even this is like this smells moldy bro this looks like some last year's depths type shit 
It is. You know, and they're fucking yeah. buying them. 60 bucks an A, 70 bucks an A, you know? Mm-hmm. So got there the is bags, a, dude. It's the bags, bro. Gotta have the bags. Yeah, you, gotta, you can sell anything with fucking bags. It's tough though, right? It's <clears throat> it's tough to blame it on the consumer because I trace it back to- It's not his fault. Buyers come out here. They don't yeah. want, or wherever, right? Buyers mm-hmm. don't, anywhere in the market, buyers don't want to spend the extra five points on a unit or the extra $2,000 a QP or maybe a thousand more a unit if it's real fire. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to them to be like, well, I'm going to build. So a lot of times they're searching for the lowest thing they can find. 100%, bro. To just be like, how much can I make off this? So it's tough to be like, and then that gets back to wherever they're going. So it's this weird double edged sword of, well, if you show me eight different kinds of weed as my dealer, I'm picking the best one and I'm stoked on it. Yeah, that was just the one that was 50 bucks more. Yeah. And I'm still, you're still paying under 1300 for a, a unit that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yes. it's tough, man. I well, feel bad for some consumers in yes, states where bro. they don't have options. <laughs> well, and I think also, you know, I think what I've noticed getting into the rec markets, you know, like participating in rec markets is that like, even in the rec markets, bro, like your educated consumer base, like only two to three percent of them are like really ultra connoisseurs that will pay for fire most everybody else is just an average dude that wants mm-hmm. to get high with 30 bucks to buy an eighth yeah i agree yeah that's most that's most especially of the in people, this economy bro. right especially now, in this economy yeah so people need affordable options that's black market too though black that, market that's too. both markets that's because both. it's the same thing like you, you know you got that one guy in your town or two guys that got the fire and everybody else is just working well but if you look at any industry bro you look at clothing you look at spirits you look at vehicles, any fucking industry, luxury goods are a small portion of the overall sales of that industry. So really fire weed is a luxury item. So it's only going to, bro, you're not going to, not everybody drinks Pappy Van Winkle whiskey, dog. You know what I'm saying? 15,000 a fucking liter. <laughs> yeah. Most people drink Jim Beam, you know, and Jim Beam is a, probably worth a billion fucking dollars. I don't know. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is that most of the market wants okay weed at a good price. But then you do have your connoisseurs and ultra connoisseurs and people that will pay. So, dude, I know people that are fetching 4,800 a unit in Dallas for fire because they, they, have the, they, have the, they have the customer base for that. But then I also know guys that are moving $500 a unit. And they're not <laughs> finessing their people, though. They're not finessing they're not their people. It's a different market, two, though. You know, $1,500 units and being like, now I want 5K. Yo, so if you guys didn't know already, everybody's switching to drift. Terps are a really big deal in today's market, but most importantly, so is the flavor. So everybody's switching to drip and feeding their flavor. And if you want to switch to drip, reach out to us. Family at firstsmokeoftheday.com. Let us know. I want to switch to drip hydro. We're dripped out. We're right here, our favorite place to go. You know, where the pros go to grow at Grow Generation. Over 60 stores nationwide, either in store or online. Use our code. First Smoke 10. Family, get online if you're shopping for grow goods, First Smoke 10, or in store anywhere in the US. Tell them the First Smoke family sent you. We'll see you there. Yo, we got a gift from Dr. Dabba. Excess. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can gift. Dr. Diver, come on, man. The homie. Big takes right here, It's a different customer, right? It's yeah. Like, it's like what you got to understand when you sell something is like, who's your customer base? Like, who's your mm. customer, bro? And you got to sell the customer the right product, you know? 
Like I, I heard this thing the other day where it's like this dad gave a watch to his son and it was like a hundred year old watch. And he's like, go to the pawn shop and see how much money they give you for this watch. So he goes to the pawn shop and he comes back. He's like, dad, they only give me 50 bucks. This old as fuck piece of shit. So he's like, okay, well go to the jeweler. The jeweler comes back. He's like, well, he, jeweler, give me 150 bucks. And then the dad's like, okay, go to the museum. And then the kid comes back with a hundred thousand dollar check. And the dad's like, you got to find the right customer to really realize the value in the product. So you can't try to sell a $70 eighth of some ultra connoisseur fire to a dude that's looking for $30 eighths. That's not your customer. That's okay. You got to go make sure you find your customer, you know? So there's, there's, so there's a customer and there's customers everywhere for high end weed, but it's not a huge market, bro. Maybe it's a huge dollar amount accumulatively throughout the whole world. But like in these individual markets, it's like, not a big percentage, bro. I don't know the exact percentage because we don't have data, but 10, 10% max. I think that, I think you're being generous. Okay. 1%. I think really? so. Like the, the people whole, that really the know, bro, because okay. even people that think they're smoking gas, bro, most of the times they're smoking okay weed. Yeah. So it's like, how many dudes like are us that are ultra prices, though, Or are they trying to In pay? In Texas, they are. Yeah. <laughs> In Texas, <laughs> they're paying gas, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I just think that there's not a lot, there's not a big ultra connoisseur mm -hmm. consumer base in the weed game. But they're there, obviously, because we're here. You know, there's there's people like us. But Do you I, think that that mimics alcohol and that's why? And it is exactly. It's like every industry, bro. Like if you look at, like I've studied, like when we were building our brand, like I studied brands, bro. Like I, I went through, a, I guess we can talk about that a little bit later too. But like when I sold my last company, um, I was basically given a check from our investors because I stayed on for a year after I sold it, right? So I was given a pretty big budget to go rebrand some of the companies that when they acquired us, the existing company had brands. So they brought me on because they wanted me to fix the brands and, and, they, and they, want, I, they wanted me to transition my company over, but also help them build their brands, right? Because they were just basically logos and, on websites. That's not a brand. So I, ha I got to work with a lot of really good branding agencies, bro, with some big budgets from these guys, our, our acquirers, to rebrand their stuff. And it was like a huge learning experience, dude. It was a massive learning. But the number one thing about like branding is like, know your customer, bro. You can't sell a product to somebody that's not your customer and that's okay. Like, that's what I tell my son all the time because my son does all of our sales, right? Mm -hmm. So like he's calling shops and he's, you know, getting sales and stuff. And like, we understand that not everybody's our customer, bro. That's okay. Because we probably sell the most expensive weed in Oklahoma now, you know, like legit. We just sold a pound for $3,200. That's unheard of in Oklahoma, bro. Most people probably won't believe that. Cause I'll show invoices, yeah. you know, of that OG. That OG, and it pre-sold. It wasn't even dry or trimmed and we had already sold it. So it's like, there's a customer for it, but you got to speak to that customer. You got to know your customer. You got to know your audience, bro. You got to know how to communicate with them. You know, what are you communicating to your audience? You know, the message has to be clear to them and it has to be the right customer, you know? That's speaking facts, bro. That's it's some true. game. That's it's pretty a lot simple. Of game. You don't know that. Charlie, it ain't even Sunday yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were preaching. Man. I know. Well, because you Damn, know, I'm the, listening. You don't really yeah, know that man. until you go through that. Until you like have people that are experts teaching you this mm -hmm. kind of shit. You know, you don't learn about branding and marketing in the trap, bro. Well, and I, that's how I want to hear. How did you yeah. so that you come out of high school? So basically, so, so, I, so I dropped out of high school, right? I was selling weed. I was a bad fucking kid in high school. Dropped out of high school at 16. Mm-hmm. And then um, started working odd jobs, bro. And then really got 
big into trapping. Like I was fucking with other shit that I shouldn't have. And like my life was kind of like starting to spiral, honestly. Um, and then my girlfriend at the time got pregnant, which is kind of a blessing, you know, which is a blessing because he's my son, obviously, but it was a blessing because it kind of like I, w- I had to wake up and like figure out, okay, like I was raised with both my parents. They took care of me. Like I have to figure out how to make this work, you know? So I was like, well, I can't keep fucking doing what I'm doing because I'm going to end up either in prison or dead. So I have mm-hmm. to um, get my shit together. So I went and saw a Marine Corps recruiter because at the time I was like watching Platoon and all this crazy shit. I don't know what got me. Oh, it's because my uncle was like a big uh, Air Force buff, like a big, we used to watch Top Gun and all the time and shit growing up. So I liked like military war shit. I like watching those movies. So I was like watching a bunch of like Platoon and other movies about the Marine Corps. And I was like, dude, I want to join the Marines. Like that's, that's how I'm going to fix my life. You know, I'm going to go to the fucking Marine Corps and I'm going to do good in life. You know, like that was my plan. So, so I, but I had dropped out of school. So I had to figure out, fuck, how am I going to get my high school diploma now? Cause you, it, the Marine Corps don't take GEDs, bro. Like you got to have a high school mm. diploma. So my recruiter found this, this school where you basically pay like $300 a month and it accelerates. It's like self-paced type, you know, curriculum. And I finished high school like in two months, but dude, I had, I had like my little brother. I paid my little brother and my sister to do my, <laughs> my course curriculum for me, bro. <laughs> Cause I, I didn't want to fucking do it, you know. Um, it's been family since the jump, dude. It really has. My brother at the time bro, was like, my brother at the time was like eleven years old, dog, ten years old, doing wow. math, doing these math packets. Damn, <laughs> I was like, bro, smart kid. He's a real smart kid, bro. Um, so I went. To, so then I was like, fucking, I'm joining the Marine Corps, you know. So I, I finally graduated, uh, went to boot camp, and I moved out here. I was living in San Diego, so I was stationed in San Diego, Camp Pendleton, which. It was a badass fucking place to be in 98, 99. Like SD was it, bro. SD's still, in my opinion, the coolest city in California. Mm-hmm. My opinion, you know? Uh, very dope. Very dope, bro. So I so from from 17 to 22, I was in the I was in the Marine Corps. Right. So I did a couple of deployments, traveled the world, bro. I probably went to like, I don't know, 20, 30 different countries. At that age it was like super fucking cool experience, you know? Like um, met some great people. One of my Marine buddies is actually a Ninth Circuit judge <laughs> in San Francisco. The federal judge, bro. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I went to the military with. Um, some, some of my friends are feds. You know what I mean? Like a couple of them are, uh, one of them is a U.S. Marshal. Wow. Yeah, and they know what I do, bro. Because it's like, they're yeah. my fucking brothers. Like the shit that we went through. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, 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 no matter what, that, that kind of, what I do for a living and what he does for a living that doesn't mean anything compared to the things what we experienced together, right? Mm. In the military. I think that stigma is being broke more and more because people are like, why the fuck was this illegal again? Oh, yeah. They, they're like, everybody's come, like, even my grandpa, like, everybody's come to their senses at 100%. this point of like, it's, it don't make sense. It's not a, it's not a big deal like yeah. we thought. And it's silly. The whole thing's silly. It should just 100%. be figured out, you know? 100%, bro. So it's kind of hard to, yeah, it's different. It's different. Yeah, different. The, the way they look at it now is like, honestly, we don't even fucking talk about it, dude. Yeah. Like when I talk to them, it's not like, oh, how's your weed business? It's like, bro, how's the family? How's your kids? How are you doing? What are you doing in life now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so it's like, um, so yeah, so I went to the military, got out when I was 22. And, but when I was in the Marine Corps, I was smoking weed because like Prop 215 had passed. So the Marines that were from LA and shit, they'd bring the fucking weed to the fucking base. 
You know, like they're they like had, the only Marines in the U.S. <laughs> Damn, all the other Marines yeah. are like, "What? No yeah. bullshit." They all <laughs> fucking know. Cali's yeah. smoking herb. <laughs> oh yeah, Cali. Yeah, all the other if you're smoking pot, bro. If you're a West Coast <laughs> Marine, like you're stationed in San Diego, yeah, I'm gonna fuck a lot of those cats smoke weed. Yeah, but it's not like how here. we smoke weed now. It's more like oh, once every six months, and you run so much and you're so fit that you could test two weeks later and you're fine. You know, so yeah. hopefully somebody in somebody that I know in the military is gonna be like, bro, you were smoking weed when you were in there. Like, doesn't know that I was doing that yeah. shit. But um, there's some phenomenal growers in the country that have military backgrounds. We a lot of them, do, bro. Well, it's because it's like, because wow. of what they teach you. They 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 teach you how to go about things in a in a in a structured, relentless, militarized fashion, bro. Mm-hmm. Like when we do, like when I do things. It's like to my family, they kind of sometimes get tired of hearing me say this shit because I'm like, bro, like you got to, this shit is like life or death out here. What the fuck? We're doing. <laughs> because it is, bro. They're it, like, it, it, I, can, dad. I can see yeah, how yeah. that would drive them crazy. <laughs> you saying that? I would definitely be like questioning too. Like if you would have, let me just say, let me just say that for sure. No, no. But let me just say, he was like, oh, here, I'll time, timing you. <laughs> Go get that. I'm timing you. <laughs> but your dad, oh, I get that now. No, no. Um, but it's just funny that uh, like anybody that hasn't been on the battlefield, when you're saying it's life or death, they're just like, what? Yeah. But what, <laughs> I, what never, I'm trying to you, you cannot relate one bit. <laughs> right. like, what? And I tell them, like, it's like, we're in the fucking trenches. We're in the, yeah. we're in the foxhole right now. Yeah. That's how much attention you got to pay to what the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because look, maybe if they make a mistake, we don't die. Mm-hmm. But if they make a mistake and we lose a crop and we lose out on a quarter million dollars, like that's a fucking pretty big fucking deal. The brand can die. The brand in this market, bro. Yeah, one bad fucking crop puts you out of business, and it's usually not one. If, if you don't have financial backing, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Oh, agreed. And usually, if you're having an issue like where you hey you lose a whole crop, yeah. you're having a bigger issue that It'll take you two or three to get it fixed. There you go. Yeah, a hundred percent, bro. So that's why I communicate to the guys, and I treat it like it's a fucking what we're doing is life or death, bro. We're in the what what's happening in this industry right now is like hand to hand combat in a foxhole survival of the fittest and if you don't treat it like that and you don't look at it like that then you can't be on my team damn you know what i'm saying that's intense the way you describe that i mean that's that's what it is true it's pretty true bro the rate of attrition right now like people going out of business friends of mine that i'm like breaks my heart to see them go out of business type shit is like bro right now the industry's spitting chewing people up and spitting them the fuck out bro Mm. without any remorse you know what I mean? so, so people are going for the without sidetracking out of your story too much what yeah. do you feel about the role that oklahoma has possibly played in that <laughs> oklahoma is a fucking mad with fucking how many house, grows bro. they have it's a madhouse no bro. regulation so bro oklahoma when i got to the oklahoma market i had come from the cali 215 market like i so i mean how do i feel about what i mean it's kind of been a shit show bro like it's kind of they've overproduced oklahoma brought down the price of weed in the whole world okay we've heard this behind closed doors a few times now i'll tell you right now on the air for a goddamn fact that's what happened bro and what happened is that oklahoma wholesale was like well what's cali selling their weed for well we got to sell it for two three points cheaper to get the business and then cali's like fuck we're losing business to oklahoma where are they at fuck put them a point cheaper to get it back over here and then oklahoma's like well fuck they went to Cali, drop another point. And next thing you know, there's fucking $800 pounds. 
$700 pounds. Five, bro, I see, I see fire sales, wholesale fire sales for like what I would call okay, good, okay to good weed, like decent strains, but maybe not dried all the way properly. But you know, it, it, it'll pass, right? Bro, $500 a fucking pound. Crazy. I think it's horrible what's happened, bro. And, and I think Oklahoma's fixing it though now, dog. Like there was 7,700 active licenses like 120 days ago. And now today I look, there's 60, 6,300 active licenses because they're shutting people down left and right. But of those 6,300 active licenses, we think that about half of them don't have plants in the ground because in metric, metric had like, metric had like, a 10x drop in plants in the ground over the last year in Oklahoma. But you still have all these licenses because even if you had it renewed last year, like you still have it. You're just not going to renew it. But that don't mean you're growing herb, right? So right now the the it's probably like half of what it was, you know, two years ago, bro. Prices have been low for a while and it's been a struggle. They're coming back up though. Yeah, definitely. Demand's yeah. coming back up too. Demand's like back up and in, in Oklahoma prices are back up, bro. Like um even wholesale weeds up like two or three points. You know? it, it sucks to say it, but we still need like uh, 30 to 40% of the market to drop off. It's going to happen, bro. Yeah. It's inevitable. Dude, it's inevitable because if you, okay, like just in the state of Oklahoma, like I did the math and it would, every patient would have to smoke a pound of weed a day to consume the amount of weed that's being grown in the state. Wow. A pound of weed a day, bro. That's put, impossible. Put me up to the task, baby. <laughs> I'm ready. So now, so now combine that with California's probably overproducing just as much. Oregon's sure. overproduced. They're producing like California lost 200 farms over the last year, right? And more dropping left and right, bro. Oregon's losing farms left and right. So I think we're seeing like a major market correction and it's going to continue to play out for the next two to five years, bro. You know? Other states need to look to this and take lessons, even if it's just loose lessons, but to see what's happening in some of these states and then see how your state comes online and then what's happening there and be like, oh, that's closely mimics what's happening here. Okay. So you could kind of see where the market's going. Cause like no one would have predicted this, but every state that comes online, there's a little bit of a similar pattern that happens. Well, hundred percent. Well, cause it's a green rush, bro. Like anytime it's just like business, it happens in every industry, right? Like maybe not as much as this one. Cause people, it was illicit. So people were like running and trying to do a money grab, but like Every every industry, bro, like restaurants, there's a glut of restaurants, a ton go out of business and the kind of restaurant industry stabilizes, right? There's every industry, bro, has its ebbs and flows, you know? It's just that like what happened to weed is like it all came on in the last 10 years, bro. And like 100x production what it was 10 years ago, probably more, dude, because some of these facilities that go online are just... I know a facility in Oklahoma, bro, that hasn't even... They've been building for two years. They're not even growing yet, right? Two years they've been building. It's like a 2000 light facility, dude. And it's owned by um, an attorney and a doctor that have no experience in weed. And these guys are just bleeding cash trying to get the fucking thing, trying to get it up and running. So there's been all the people that did that five years ago that, you know, maybe opened their facilities three years ago. And now they're out of business because they went out. But there's still a bunch of dudes that have been building for the last two years. They're still going to go online. That product still hasn't hit the market. 
you know? Yo, First Smoke family, if you want to know where to get all the most exclusive stuff done for your brand at, it's moodtrays.com. Use the code FSOTD, and they're going to take care of you. Fast turnarounds, low minimums, and they know what they're doing. High quality products where we get all our stuff done for the podcast at. Grinders, trays, rolling cradles, all types of the new things that are dropping. Go check them out. Tell them the family sent you. They're going to take care of you. Appreciate it. It's crazy because they'll raise all this capital. Mm-hmm. And it burns people out from investing in the cannabis business 100%, because bro. they invest in the wrong people or they invest in the wrong businesses. Like, look into the people that have something successful already brewing and ha- can show you the the skeleton of like this is how we're doing it. Instead yeah. of like, man, it's a doctor and a lawyer. They've done everything else good in doctor field and lawyer field. Cannabis is just another field. It's like yeah, bro. whatever you're gonna get but in. That ain't the like, case, and they don't get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, they got to go through that. It's, I mean, it's just, that's, it is what, business. that's, well, then yeah. that's, look, we, I love living in this country, bro, because anybody can come here and build a business and, and do something for themselves. So that's the, the nature of living in a capitalist country. That's the nature of living in a free market, right? Is like, you're going to have oversaturation and then it's going to figure itself out. And that's, what's going to happen with weed. And that's kind of what's happening. Cause dude, prices are rebounding. Like in Oklahoma, bro, like our latest drop. They're like our our batches are pretty small, bro. They're like 80, 90 pounds. It's not it's not huge, right? Um, and at first, you know, it would take us two or three weeks to kind of sell through that. And like now we're starting to pre-sell out of the weed before it even dries and gets trimmed. So like for me, demand is up big time. You know what I'm saying? We have like 40, 50 shops that carry our product, but then my son has a list of like another 50 that want to, and we just don't have enough weed for them. And they're calling us more often. So the, the demand is up, you know what I mean? Um, and it's going to keep going up, but it's like... For quality. For quality, yeah, of course, for quality. The bottom's going to continue washing That's going to continue washing out. The bottom's going to be You think you're going to bulk off and fucking do this or do that or just run it all? Even even the people thinking they're going to run it all into concentrates, like, good luck. Like this. Then you're going to have a flood night. So now there's a flood of rosin and concentrate yeah. on the market because everybody yeah. fucking turned their shit into fucking rosin or whatever and, you know, BHO or Disty or whatever the mm-hmm. case. Um, and there's actually a disty shortage resin. though now. What's that? We're growing for resin. Yeah, growing for resin. Yeah, <laughs> growing fields out I bet. Mechanized harvesting. Yeah, bet. Just like the rosin market is what the weed market was uh, <laughs> 20 years ago, 15 years ago, where no one asked, "Is this indoor weed or outdoor weed or greenhouse weed?" Yeah, it's just or rosin. Knew the difference. So rosin right now, and people are like, well, it doesn't matter. Resin's resin. And it's like, Cured they used to say that. Live. It matters. They bro. used to say that Cured, about flower. rosin or live yeah. rosin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's just playing some, tr- there's some trickiness. Is this dead rosin? 70U? Is this dead rosin? Yeah, we killed it 60 days ago. <laughs> yeah. This has been skinned and everything. Yeah. The fucking B grade or what, dude? Well, fi- fire's fire, and I get that. But yeah, there. So the demand for fire is up, though, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't, from what I see in my circles and mm-hmm. in the shops, from what I hear too from, Homies in other markets, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Oregon prices are up a little bit. Um, I think we just got to get through this, man. Are you looking forward to when Texas gets online? So Texas, um, so we apl- Texas has a medical program. We applied for it in 2016. They I do for a license. They got yeah. a medical program. Yeah, but they only have three licenses in the whole state, bro. And it's basically like good old boys. It's like man. Florida. It's ain't like gonna CBD. be much going on over there. No, it's CBD, bro. Oh, it's like man. less than 0.5 percent THC. <laughs> Yeah, they're just getting started. They're just getting started. Yeah, yeah but what, the guys I that are running everything it. was better in Texas, man. What are you always <laughs> waiting on? Well, bro, it ain't gonna happen in they, Texas. We need to get Joe Rogan to lead lead the march <laughs> yeah. over there. You, you need to get him as governor for it to happen. Spin it off, dude. <laughs> At least in Austin, man. I'll you vote know, for him. 
but bro it's, yeah. it's pretty much decrimmed and like dallas is decrimmed like up to certain amount of possession yeah. i think austin and dude in dallas nobody gives nobody a gives a shit bro. you're smoking it's a joke a it's, it's a, a joke. joke it's a joke bro it's like seeing someone drink a beer no yes. one gives a shit nobody cares bro <laughs> seriously no one's like yeah holy shit but i don't think drinking texas, a beer. i don't think texas no is ever gonna fuck. have a, a legal market like california or oklahoma though like when they do it, it's gonna be like florida very few states are like you know what i'm saying like it's for sure but florida is actually figuring it out it is figuring it out but it's taking how long is it taking now like fucking forever 10 years yeah 10 years plus yeah and then some some do well and will thrive and then some kind of just get lost as other states come online how is oklahoma i mean uh florida uh dispensary weed i haven't even never seen any good it's coming a long way it's coming along yeah shout out to the flowery yeah shout out to jungle boys yeah, I know they're there, but um, I've never like gone in a dispo there or seen any. Yeah, they got good shit. There. Really? I've been in the grow. Go on uh, the flowery uh, nice. grow tour. That's yeah. in Florida. Oh, nice. It's a thousand yeah. lighter about to be a 2000 lighter. He vlogs oh, wow. the whole thing. Oh, wow. In yeah, Florida. yeah. I went with Dave, prefer gardens. He's That's dope. So yeah, they're four. It's just like anywhere out, you though. Know? You got to get to the right people. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, once again, it's 1% well, of the market. See, and honestly, they, the way they built that and everything, like Pat from DPS panel, shout out to him. Like, yeah, they use people that are well known to like yeah. do a great job yeah and they came out here and looked at about 50 to 100 grows before they did theirs and yeah. it fucking shows because when i walk through it i'm like damn okay yeah and then they had 710 build the hash lab oh wow you know their, their own hash lab just for these and dream so, the sops yeah, is it branded everything. 17 even send their guys mm -hmm. oh nice. no even send one of their guys to run it like he lives there the whole oh day. wow they're doing it right like, that's how you do an really mso deal, right. bro that's how you do an mso deal like yeah. we're looking at deals in new york exactly. and new jersey and it's like bro i'm sending someone there like we yeah. i'm not gonna do a deal like that if i don't grow the weed because i can't put my name on that or okay. you gotta send one of your top and that's what i mean by, and that's if charlie's is if somebody yeah. from our team like my brother my nephew me yeah, or my son if it's not us there qcing it and and really looking at it and making sure you avoid mistakes before they happen because you know with weed it's like fucking turn your head and you look back and it's, oh shit the mistakes already happened you got to yep. catch them like before they happen you know so if you don't have somebody there like the final qc is crucial bro i think you like, can what are we putting out as our brand i know? think you can integrate into a different state if you have a talented cultivator yes. who's linked up with good operators yes. or vice versa operator and then what you do is you give them the sops they have the genetics mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you do trial runs yes. hey grow this i want to qc before this before you launch there oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you, you got, try it out yeah 100 this is a nine month process to get to bro. where you're going to smoke their product and be happy with it yeah 100%. and if you hit if they hit it out a home run in six months everyone's stoked yeah but if they think first run we're going to just put you online no. yeah. it, it rarely works like that that because yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna you know yeah dude you're growing a plant you're growing a the shit happens people underestimate that a lot like Big what you time. just said you're growing a plant and there's a it needs to be perfect every time charlie and here's the thing there's a very like <laughs> small line yeah. of margin for it has to be yeah. perfect every fucking time fuck yeah yeah if it ain't bro yeah, you can't put it if in not, this i ain't smoking it 100 oh, percent. you don't have to smoke it but just know that not every batch is only going to get a notch better if you can get there and you're the grower that oh, you get it. that's what you're saying <laughs> i see oh, what you're saying around. we like yeah, to play yeah, with yeah. each other a little yeah. bit well because no. the grower, you know that that else that's not realistic I can look back of like 15 that years and be 10 like, out of 10, 10 <laughs> times. Because of the thing though, like, you know, right. If you've had, let's say a uh, thousand crops by now, yep. let's just say that Yep. I can look back on like the five best ones. So yep. it's like, 
you start to get more and more in there to where like it's like with Dave Portnoy with the pizza thing. It's like he can't even give a 10 unless it's literally the best pizza he's ever had That's the OG because he has a thousand other slices he's eaten like. I like that for for tastemakers, too, though, because I like that part about the game, how it's evolving to go where when it first started, you just bought whatever the shit was grown because it was right. fire. you didn't care what the strain was. It's all grown by the same guy. Now, tastemakers and brands are picking the grower. Yes. The batch. Yes. The strain. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Charlie with Charlie's. If you want to check out some of our flour, check out the Instagram. Charlie's with a Y underscore official. Go to the find us highlight and you'll see all the shops where we're at. Yo, if you're in the Oklahoma area or you're in Texas, you want to try this man's product, go get it as quick as it drops. It's smoking and we approve that. This shit is verified. Stamped. Pack approved. And I think Blackleaf enjoyed it too. Sure Pie, OG Kush, the crazy ass haze. Workle. Workle. Smoke that. If you can get that, smoke that. You already know Charlie's Cannabis ran out of Oklahoma, originated out of Texas. Let's get it. So brands can make sure it's always a 10 out of 10. Yeah. But what's coming out of the garden might not always be a 10 out of 10, but you just don't you just don't put it out as your brand. Like that's where the QC aspect and having a level to like like us, bro, like we had when we when we threw up our new this the facility that we have now, it's all LED. I had never grown under LED, bro. Right? So like HPS, growing 16 years under HPS to LED is a big transition, right? And our first two harvests, bro, were look like hemp fucking trash weed like it was we ran the the leaf surface temp was way too high did you run seeds or clones clones but what happened is like i had read i was doing a lot of research on led before i ran led and it was like you got to run your rooms hotter so like okay so fuck it we we didn't have a par meter first of all which is fucking huge mistake because once i got a par meter i was like at 1700 par i'm like well no wonder these plants look like shit and then our leaf surface temp was like way too high you know higher than what i would want to run it so all that's just going to give you a little boofier weed, dog. Everything you know? shifts. Yeah, like like Nelson, a poetry plant, calls them boof fart sticks. It, it fucking it turns into boof, dog, you know? Yeah. So, um, but we we didn't sell that shit under Charlie's, bro. Yeah. We fucking wholesaled it to somebody that made pre-rolls or make whatever you're going to make with it. And it's yeah. not sold under our brand. And that's, yeah. the, uh, the grower, maybe you can't always have a 10 out of 10 batch, but the brand can ensure that what goes in the and the branding and, and the jars is 10 out of 10. QC is so important in every aspect. Yeah. 100%, bro. That's where the money's made right now, right? Making so sure that we- so when you come home for the military and shit, like, yeah. where does it go from there? Because you said you sold a company. Yeah, let me tell you what happened. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was, what, 22, 21, 22 years old. I moved back to Texas, and um, I enrolled in college, and I was a personal trainer. And um, I worked in a in a in a... It's South Lake. South Lake is like, it, back then, dude, it was like one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in, in like Dallas, Fort Worth. And I was a personal trainer and I had these clients, I uh, had this lady that was a client, bro. And she was like, she was a baller, dude. She had like so much money, bro. You know, she would pay me like $3,000 a month to train her, you know? And I'm like, man, what do you do for a living? And she's like, well, I'm in commercial real estate. I was like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so she's like, well, you know, come to the office and I'll show you. So she invites me to her office and I go in there one day and, you know, she, she has her partner there and they start telling me what they do. And they used to basically um, originate commercial loans. So like commercial loan origination, like a broker, right? Like a loan broker. And, um, and I was like super intrigued because I was like, dude, they're fucking balling. They're making money. Like I'm going to try doing this. So I was like, well, hey, look, I don't have any fucking experience, but I will print paper. I will make copies. I will throw out the trash. Like I'll do whatever you need me to fucking do but teach me what you're doing. So she's like, all right, come work for me. Commission only. 
no salary, nothing. So, and I had a kid at this time already, you know, I had a son. So I was like, all right, I did it. I went to go learn how to sell commercial mortgages. And um, this is like 2005, 2006, maybe. Damn. But this whole time I was growing weed. So like when I got back from the military, dude, right away, smoking weed again, um, learned, knew that I could grow weed because I accidentally grew some weed when I was 16, just by throwing Reggie seeds out my window all the time, like plants started growing. So that I always knew like, okay, you can grow this shit. So when I got to the military, dude, I was just smoking a lot of weed. Um, and then I went to the fucking hydro store one day and I bought a light and bought some fucking general hydroponic nutrients and, um, bought some seeds on fucking line, found out about IC mag and uh, THC farmer and overgrow and just got heavy in the forums, bro. And learned everything I could about growing wheat, but I was a personal trainer at the same time. So like, you know, I was growing wheat in my closet in my, in my apartment. I was personal trainer in the daytime. and then. Um, when I got into commercial real estate, the weed was kind of like my only income at the time. Cause like you, I went like a year without making a fucking commission, you know? So that whole time, bro, I'm like just growing weed and, you know, started learning about commercial mortgages and, you know, originating commercial loans. And I got pretty good at it, dude. You know, like I made some real fucking money when I was young doing that shit. Like I had hundred thousand dollar commissions cause I was closing $5 million deals, $10 million fucking deals. Um, but the whole time I was just growing weed for myself and I loved it and I would sell weed to the fucking loan officers because I started working with her and then I got recruited by this other bigger like commercial mortgage bank that was like, hey, you know, we've heard about you. We want you to come work for us and originate loans for us. We'll pay you more, whatever, whatever. And she was cool with it because she wanted to see me. She just wanted to see me succeed, you know. Um, so I went and worked for this other company. And then um, 2007 hit the mortgage crisis. Right. And I had a pipeline full of fucking deals, bro. I had like $40 million in loans in my pipeline, like deals that I was working on that I was going to close. And then the fucking mortgage crisis hit. And I remember um, the, one of the owners of the firm, he comes out and he's like, well, that's it, guys. We're all like, what do you mean that's it? He's like, yep, that's it. No more loans. We're like, what do you mean no more loans? And then he explains to us what just happened, you know, that the mortgage crisis happened, all these lenders are running out of money and you can't originate mortgages anymore and the fucking banking industry is going under, blah, blah, blah. And we got to find other jobs, you know? So I'm like, fuck, man. All right, whatever. I lose that job. And I was making good fucking money, bro. Like I thought I, I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Like I was going to be set. Like I was going to be a fucking real estate developer at some point because I, I actually learned, I got into financing hotels, bro. So I've, I, she taught me how to finance like, um, like retail strips and, mm -hmm. and, and, but then when I got with this other firm, one of the dudes there that was making like big money, bro, like this cat was driving a fucking, you know, $250,000 car to work. I'm like, I want to be like him. What the fuck does he do? And they're like, well, he originates hotel mortgages. I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> you know? yeah. So right away I went to go find him. Like, Hey, look, I don't know shit about hotels but I will fucking print papers for you. I will take out your fucking trash. Like, you know what I mean? Teach me what you do. So he like took me under his wing, dude, and taught me how to underwrite hotel mortgages. And so I just went out there on my own, bro, and started fucking hustling and getting deals. And I closed a $10 million hotel in Lake of Ozarks. I was like 24 years old, bro. You know, wow. making real fucking money. So then that happened. And um, dude, I'm like, fuck, back to square one. What do I do now with my life? And um, I got good at growing weed. 
You know, this is like 2007. I got really good at growing weed. And so I was like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to grow weed. You know, that's fun. I like it. And I make good money. And I'll get a part-time job at a hydro store. So I did just that. You know, I got a job at a hydro store. And um, I, you know, rented a house. That was like my first. That was like when I transitioned from like a closet to like a house. You know, and this is 2007, bro, in Texas. This is like, you're really risking the biscuit. You're doing this yeah. shit right now, you know? Um, so, I, so I was doing that, bro. I was growing weed and houses, you know, and one thing led to another and um, got bigger and bigger. And about 2008 or nine, I was like, you know what, dude, I got to go do this shit in California because at least I can get a med script and be halfway legal, you know? Mm-hmm. So I fucking got a ticket, <laughs> hopped on a plane, came out here, had a friend that lived out here which was a mailman of all things. My friend was a fucking mailman. So he's like, yeah, bro, come to the house, set up shop, you know, come fucking. <laughs> shout out to the mailman. Yeah, shout out. I wish the I could say his man? name right wait, here. Wait dog. a minute. The mail? No, I'm just. The- <laughs> so, same mailman uh, that can smell the packs out in the mail. Yeah, bro. Oh, he, he, he was. <laughs> same one Young Jeezy talks about? Yeah, bro. We called him the Pac-Man. Oh, shit. So uh, I went to go. I moved in with him. Basically came out. I was living in Ventura. So I landed in Ventura. He lived in Ventura. So I came out to Ventura. Lived with him for a little bit. Kind of got my feet on the ground here, you know. Um, And then got my own place and started growing out here in Ventura. So we had a little collective, me and my brother. And then at that point, my brother had just. So at this point, he's like 18 or 19. He just broke up with his girlfriend. And it was like a big breakup, like a lot of shit, like really affected him type shit, you know? And I'm like, dude, get a fucking plane ticket and come out to Ventura. I live on the beach. You know what I mean? Like a fucking jog on the beach every day and come live with me, dude. I'm going to teach you how to fucking grow weed. So he moved out. He moved out here full time. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And we just. Shout out to little bro. Yeah. Shout out to Alex, bro. Little bro. So then we just did our thing, bro. Like we're growing out here. We still had the spots in Texas. We're growing in California and in Texas. And selling the shops out here, bro. Yeah. That's how I got the workle seeds. I used to vend to um Rascal Shop. So I did that from till like 2015. And then Prop 64 was on the ballot. Right? So Prop 64 was about to pass. And we're like, dude, this is about to become a fucking shithole. Like this is the, the it's about to, we can't operate here. Like things about to change. Prices are gonna go down and we don't want to be here. So he's like, all right, fuck it. Let's move back to Texas. So we moved back to Texas. And I was always still, I had a home there the whole time though. So I was always back and forth, you know, but he was out here full time. So for him, it was like, okay, I'm moving back to Texas and um, we're going to just fucking grow weed in Texas, you know? So he moves back. We get a spot and we get a couple of spots in Texas, 2015. And, um, and then Texas passed their medical marijuana program that year. Like right when we moved back, bro, Texas passed, I can't remember what, like Senate Bill 329, I think it's called or something like that. And they were going to license three dispensaries, three cultivators in the state that could have vertical operations, right? So we're like, fuck, let's try to get this license. Dude, I just was a fucking trapper. Like I really didn't know shit about applications or like, how are we going to get this fucking money? Like we had a little bit of money, but the state had a requirement that you had to have like $10 million in a bank account, like an escrow to even apply. 
some crazy requirement. I think it was 10 million, bro. Good old boy system. Man. Good old boy system, man, you bro. You're getting in here. Man. So, yeah, you're getting in here. Uh, we need $10 million in a bank account. Yeah. We have the access. And, and, you, uh, and, you, and you walk had away to from the been here for 50 years. Basically. You, know? <laughs> you had to have a nursery for 100 yeah. years. That's yeah. what they did in Florida. Pappy had to be <laughs> what they did in Florida. Here. Yeah. yeah. Basically, it was some type of shit. 30 years, you had to have a nursery. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh? We need a 10 year experience in zucchini flowers. Basically. Yeah. Bro. It's like, oh, what? What? Basically. Yeah. So then I was like, we're like, well, you know what? We don't know shit about this, but we're going to fucking do it mm-hmm. because that's just like, fuck it. We're going to swing for the fence. So we fucking create this company called uh, Texas Wellness Center because we're like everything in California was like wellness, this wellness, that waterfall wellness. We're like, yeah. fuck, it's got to be something wellness. So we create a company in Texas called Texas Wellness Center. We're like, we're going to go apply for a license with this business. Well, come to find out you need all this money. And we're like, fuck, dude, we don't have that much money. So what do we do? So I'm like, you know what, bro? I'm just going to go raise money. He's like, well, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't fucking know, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> so sure enough, bro, I went, created a pitch deck. Um, so at the same time this was happening, I was like forming this company, trying to raise money to get a license in Texas. CBD kind of popped up, right? And in Texas, bro, CBD wasn't cool because it had THC in it. So the cops treated it like weed. So I'm like, okay. We can buy this fucking CBD. And the way I found out was uh, one of the hydro store owners. So I used to, I used to go to, I knew all the hydro stores, bro. Right. So I used to work in them and I, one of the owners was my buddy. So I go to the hydro store and I'm getting some equipment. He's like, Hey bro, have you heard about CBD? I'm like what the fuck is CBD? He's like, well, it's basically weed, bro. And you can sell it anywhere now because this farm bill passed. And you know, I got this farm in Colorado now and we're growing hemp and I'm, and I'm going to start selling this extract. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me more about it. So he starts telling me like, well, yeah, you know, there's a loophole in the federal law, like the farm bill, right? The 2016, the federal government passed the farm bill, which it had this section in it, section 7606, which like legalized hemp for research purposes. And it was the first time they had made his distinction from marijuana and hemp. And so the feds gave the okay to grow hemp for educational purposes. And then you could sell the products for it under that act is like they wanted to basically get market data for can we bring hemp back right so we're like okay fuck it well we're just gonna do this while we're applying for this license we know everything about weed i'm gonna go to colorado and find some growers and we're gonna start fucking selling you know gummies and fucking vapes and all kinds of shit that we can make from this extract like we'll just start selling it down here and this is how we'll fund the licensing I'm like, we're going to do that, make money, bro. And then we'll use that for the license. Right. So we start doing it. We start, you know, with the, with the CBD shit. And, um, at the same time, I'm raising money, trying to get the, the weed license. Right. So somehow, bro, by the grace of God, I end up stumbling across the right people. when I raised like $10 million to get this license in Texas, which I had never seen that much money in my life. Right. So we raise this money and we apply, we've hired a fucking lobbyist, dude. Um, how'd, spent, you, how'd sp- you how'd you go about raising the money so when i had the cbd business so like i, I launched the cbd company right you created a pitch deck though i created a pitch deck so i went and i found like there was this organization in texas that was starting to have like events on like the legislation like they were educating people about like this is about the past and in one of those events i met this consultant that that uh, was like going to cr- write applications for people so um i hired him and he helped me write like a pitch deck to raise money and he helped me submit the application and everything. Fire. Yeah. So I, I pay, you know. And then what'd you do? Like reach out to family and friends with the not investment? Even, or not even. Say? So like, I didn't know anybody that had that kind of money, bro. Yeah. So I'm like, it's so over my head, you know? So uh, the first thing I did is I reached out to all my commercial real estate contacts that were still in that business. 
you know, and they kind of led me down some paths. And then really when it, when it turned was like one day this person calls me and he's like, Hey man, are you Carlos with a uh, blah, blah, CBD? I got to tell you the CBD story in a little bit in a little more detail, but let me finish this one. He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. What you know, what do you need? He's like, well, I'm an investor and I'm looking to invest in cannabis businesses in Texas. And I'm like, well, dude, I don't need any money for my CBD brand because that thing is actually making a lot of money. I don't need money for that, but I need money for this other thing. And he's like, all right, let's meet. So I met up with him, dude, and I showed him my pitch deck. And he's like, dude, this is really cool what you're doing. He's like, you know, I recently sold my company, you know, my father-in-law, you know, high net worth individual, like we can get this money, dude. So I'm like, all right, bro, fuck it. So we brought him on as a partner and we raised $10 million, you know, and he basically took me like a dog and pony show at all his fucking investors. And, you know, I was the, the weed guy and you know what I mean? And, and we raised all this money, dude. We spent $250,000 throughout the application process. And then we came in 15 out of 48 in the licensing process. And they only issued three licenses. So it was like devastating, right? It was like, fuck, we spent a quarter million dollars, bro, of our money and other people's money. And now we don't have this license. But this whole time that I was doing this, dude, my brother was running the CBD company. And I remember like the day we didn't get the license, I was like devastated, bro. And I'm like, fuck, you know, it was like right before tax season, like a month or two, right? So I was kind of down, dude, or whatever. And then I remember we go in to do our taxes and we start going over numbers. And I'm like, dude, this business without me paying any attention to it did a million dollars last 12 months. Like I'm focusing on the wrong fucking thing right now. So I'm like, fuck it. We're just going to go all in on the CBD play. And then we're going to sell this bitch at some point. And then we're going to get back in the weed game with our own money. So we don't have to have investors. So that was the fucking plan. So when, when we launched the CBD company, we started as Texas Wellness Center also. And it was like, bro, it was like little blue tinctures with like a piece of shit oval Avery label on them. And it said Texas Wellness Center on it. And it had like a little teardrop as a logo. And I thought that was a brand. And so I would literally do my brother, we we would go get oil from Colorado and ship it in. We had this little commercial kitchen that we rented for like catering and shit. And he would make tinctures and I'd put them in the back of my truck and I'd go fucking sell them smoke shop to smoke shop all over the fucking Dallas Fort Worth, dude. And it, dude, it kind of caught on, bro. Right. Like it got popping. Like we did, you know, a million dollars in sales without like really trying, putting effort into it. So we're like, fuck it. We're going to focus on the CBD shit. And bro, I, I didn't want to do that at the time because to me, it was like, all my buddies are like building weed brands on social media and I'm fucking selling CBD. So it was like, kind of like I had to like look at the long-term game. I was playing long ball. I'm like, I'm going to use this because in Texas, nobody's doing this right now. I can make fucking money. I can build a brand. Hopefully I can have an exit. And then I have my own money to do what I want. In, in these other legal markets, Texas, even if, if they open up licensing again. So um, we doubled down on the CBD, bro. And the first thing I did was we rebranded it from Texas Wellness Center to Green Lotus. I'm like, that's a fucking dumb name. So we're going to call it Green Lotus. And I had a friend from Mexico City that was a partner in a branding agency. And they were like a big international branding agency. And he's like, bro, give me the project. I'm like, dude, you're going to charge me a lot of money. He's like, give me 20 bands, bro. I'll do it for you soup the nuts, brand guidelines, social media guidelines, uh, packaging guidelines, graphic design, everything, bro. He's like 20 bands, everything, mood boards, everything. So I'm like, fuck it, ponied up and paid the 20 bands. And what he delivered me was like, I'm like, fuck, this is a brand. I had no idea what a brand was before then. I'm just like, there's logo is logo equals brand, right? That's what we all fucking think. Because when you're trapping and shit, you don't brand nothing, bro. It's like, everything is super incognito. You know, like you don't want to put your fucking name on anything. You don't want 
I thought about branding my shit when I was selling weed in Texas, like on the, on the traditional market. But I was like, dude, if I get like stickers or something printed, like the cops can figure out who printed these stickers. It's going to lead back to me. I'm giving them a roadmap to me, you know? And I had like, at the time, dude, we had maybe like a hundred lights in Texas, like 20 lighthouses going off, you know, allegedly. This is, this is past the statute of limitations. So I can't really get in trouble for that anymore. But um, allegedly, you know? Um, so I was like, fuck it, dude, we're going to focus on the brand. And when he, when he rebranded the company, the brand and gave me that, it was like, eye-opening dude the whole the whole experience with that branding agency was fucking eye-opening so whenever he watches this shout out to alex he knows who he is thank you bro you fucking leveled me up as a fucking entrepreneur with branding so the interaction with this branding agency taught me so much dude. um so when we rebranded we were like the only real cbd brand in texas at the time and it just fucking boom skyrocketed dude you know like we built it up to like seven thousand points of sale bro in the United States, 11,000 if you include Mexico, over a four-year period. We were in CVS, Wegmans, um, some big national groceries. We, we were about bro. to land Walgreens, bro. You know, so like at our peak, dude, the business was probably doing like 10 M's a year, you know? Damn. Which we started it from nothing with yeah. our own money, bro. Just scrappiness, hard work. Um, so, you know, this is like 2018. We rebranded. Uh, 17, 18, I think we rebranded and, you know, we kind of started hitting it hard. Then Mexico legalizes hemp. They legalize like a farm bill in Mexico. And my cousin is a congressman there. So I call him and I'm like, dude, what is this? And he gives me the lowdown. He's like, well, look, bro, they're legalizing this shit. There's a loophole. I know what you're doing there. I think there's a way you can get the products here. And I think there's a way that we can, you know, there's a situation that could happen here where maybe, you know, you apply for some type of license to export your products to Mexico and you'll be the only company doing it in the fucking, in the world. And I'm like, let's fucking do it. So I head down to Mexico, dude, spend some time down there. The guy that I had met that helped me with the rebrand, Alex, turns out his buddy is like one of the largest uh, pharmaceutical distribution companies in Mexico. Like this company does big money, bro. Right. And he's like, dude, you should talk to them about this project. He's like, you can, we can help you. We can do this together, right? Because those guys have like permits to sell medicine from the Mexican government. So he's like, we can fucking pull this off, dude. So I go down there and meet with them and we decide that we're going to basically partner up on this deal, you know, and we're going to work with the Mexican government to create a program for CBD in Mexico. It was like 2016, 2017, 18. It's kind of blurry, but right around those times. So we go through that process, bro, basically lobbying the Mexican government with them. And, and, and we're able to get, I, I, we didn't get a program built, but we were able to be there when the program was being built and be like first movers to apply for, for those permits that were being issued by the Mexican government. We got to like meet with officials from the Mexican government, teach them how the United States had legalized hemp, teach them how there was a CBD market in the United States. And kind of advise, like, you know, this is how things should be done, you know? Then they got to apply for those permits in Mexico, right? So then December of 2018, we're issued permits to export CBD to Mexico. And we get a $27 million PO from our customers in Mexico in 2018. And I was like, holy shit. And as soon as that happened and, like, word got out, we got calls from, like, venture capital firms that wanted to buy us now. So that's how that whole situation happened. So one day I'm just chilling in the office, dude. And I get a call from this, this venture capital fund. And they're like, and I actually had met one of the founders in like a, 
through an attorney friend of mine in Dallas, like three or four years ago, because they were raising money for a Maryland cannabis project. And my friend's like, hey, dude, I know you're in the weed business underground. These guys are raising money. You might want to talk to them because they got, this is what they do. You know, they're a cannabis fund. So I went and I met with them, but nothing ever came of it. I guess they kept my information and they saw my name in a press release and they called me. They're like, what are you doing? We want to talk. You know, we're going to fly out there. Um, and they did, you know, they, and, they, and they, they made me an offer to buy the company. And so we're like, all right, let's fucking do it. You know, so we, but the thing was they were going to buy us and take us public and they were going to finance the whole transaction. Right. Um, so that's what we did. You know, so we sold the company, they took it public. Um, right before we sold the company, this is 2019. This is like November, 2019. We sell the company. Right. Um, and everybody who was there, the co-founding employees, bro, they all had equity and they all got a check. All my, all, I had employees that got $50,000 checks. I had a hundred employees, like at the peak of the business, bro, there was a hundred employees. Um, and the co-founding employees that we called them, like the co-founding employee, the class of the, the very first guys that were there, it was like maybe 20 or 30 of them. You know, they got pretty decent sized checks, bro. 50 G, some of them, you know, 20, then it was like scaled down like 25. And then like the guys that were kind of new got like 10, you know, but everybody got paid when we sold that transit, when we sold the company. And the deal was I was going to stay on as a CEO for uh, at least a couple of years to help transition everything. And then I was going to exit, right? Well, this is like November of 2019. And then February COVID hits. So right when we sold the fucking company, bro, and taking it public and, you know, doing all this shit, fucking COVID hits and the world comes to an end. You know, like it really affected the business, dude, because we were in 11,000 retailers. So just think about that from a business standpoint. Like my payroll was like 400, $300,000, $400,000 a month. And we go from having this company that's doing really well and making all this money to like all of our customers shut their doors. No fucking orders are coming in through the fucking, through the sales team. It was devastating, right? But we had already sold the company. So it's like, we, we it's it like bittersweet, bro, because we won when we sold the company. But now it's like, this is happening, right? And our employees won too, because they got paid. But dude, then we went from like a hundred employees to like 10, had to lay off a bunch of people, dude. They ended up restructuring the company, taking it through fucking bankruptcy. And I just exited, you know, because I'm like, dude, this is, I did my part. I sold it. Like, I'm out of here, you know? Which I feel kind of shitty about it because I think some of the employees there were kind of like, damn, you left us. But it's like, bro, like, what would you do? You know what I mean? Like you sell the company, like you move on to the next thing in your life. You can't be mad at somebody for doing that kind of shit, you know? And I felt like some of the employees that I built relationships with, they kind of looked at me like, damn, he's selling out. But it's like, bro, I built this from the ground up. Like, how am I selling out? This is like fucking blood, sweat and tears. All the money that I had from the trap shit I put into this, you know what I mean? So it's like, dude, I, what are you supposed to do in that situation? You know what I mean? You exit, right? Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you built it to exit, though. That's I did. Said. Yeah, yeah, that was so always the plan. That's the whole point. I mean, you know, non-owners aren't going to understand that type of shit. It's hard, bro. So, you know, and I really respect a lot of those guys. And some of them, like, to this day, bro, they're kind of like, you know, if you watch this podcast, bro, don't be mad at me, guys. Well, and the blame is a lot on people should have continued needing CBD through uh, COVID. Like, we realize now only this far forward that, like, 
we should have just taken precautions and like healthy stuff, stuff that oh, was built yes, for your health. Bro, yeah. It was actually shit we should have leaned into. That's a whole other conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. what they didn't do during COVID that they should have But now like done. flip side, it's just crazy to hear that. Like, yeah, 11,000 retails and they all go to zero. Where zero, like Zero, bro. And I didn't and see, I wasn't we like- could have known what we know now. I was never really smart with like computers and technology and e-commerce. So I built the business hustling B2B, going to fucking smoke shops and selling them the product, mm -hmm. you know, and going to CVS, going to trade shows and selling product to retailers. We never really built like an e-commerce footprint. So e-commerce was booming during that time because everybody was at home, but we didn't have an e-commerce business, bro. Mm. We had a B2B business, you know? And so it was really hard, bro. It was really fucking hard. But, you know, so we exited. That's how we sold the company. And, and dude, if I'm being really honest about the situation now, like when I was, I hate saying this because, you know, you, you, when you build something, obviously you care about it right? You build this company, you care about it, you care about the relationships that you make. But I didn't really care about the company that I, like, I wanted to keep it. You know, it wasn't like it was here, bro. Like I never wanted to be selling CBD. For me, it was like a step to the next thing. It was never like, oh, this is who I am and what I want to do. I felt like I, I hated it, bro, if I'm being really honest with you, because once we sold the company, you know, they paraded me around like a fucking, you know, pony to all these investors. And I had to fucking, you know, whatever, give a pitch. And I hated it, bro. I fucking hated it. We had 4,000 shareholders that I had to deal with. 100 employees and 4,000 shareholders, bro. You know? And then it's like, we, they just merged these companies. Going back on it, dude, I would have done a lot of things differently, but we merged, we merged these two companies and I didn't know a lot of the things that were happening with that other business when, you know, it was public and I read what I could about financial statements, but dude, I'm a fucking trapper, bro. Like, what do I know about a public company and reading you know, public disclosures and understanding what's really going on in a business. That's like analysts do that type of shit. I don't do that, you know? So we took on a lot of things that the other business had that were really hard and stressful and just made me fucking hate the job. Mm -hmm. I just wanted out, bro. You know, like we sold this, I'm counting the fucking days until I leave. Well, and you come from the weed side, so it was always about that. It was and always about was, that. So it, it makes sense. Yeah, but, but I hate saying that I didn't care about it though, because no. like I built it and I, my family was involved and so I don't want to make them think like I cared about them and I wanted, but I felt like when we sold it, like I did my part to everybody for what, you know, I consider it like making music, right? Like you're an artist as a businessman and it's like, yeah, that song didn't go double platinum or that song went platinum. That, right. It was a single here. Like I didn't even know, or I didn't even like that song and it does right. like triple platinum <laughs> right, for right. people. Right. It's right. the same thing. It's like, yeah. it just is what it is, but you're a Each song is still part of your soul. Cause you sat there and wrote through it. Yeah, and exactly. All that. So exactly. It so, makes sense. So, you know, we sold the company and, um, when, I think I exited bro, like that summer. So I was supposed to stay on for two years, but after like six, seven months, I'm like, dude, pff, I'm out of here. You know? So we, the guy that was a CFO, we named him CEO and I exited the business. Um, and I took like a year off, bro. Like during COVID, I just stayed home, uh, spent time with my kids, you know, and, and then like we got, then we're like, what's next? <laughs> like, where are we going to launch? Right. Um, what are we going to do? And, and Oklahoma just so happened to be the, the state closest to us. Like my farm is two hours from my doorstep in Dallas. So it's like, I've never in my life been able to drive two hours from my house and legally grow cannabis. Right. So like, it's like, you know what, dude? Let's launch the brand in Oklahoma. Let's really focus on building a dope ass brand. Let's hire the best fucking agency, creative agency that we can to build this vision for us. And, and, then, and then we're like, well, what are we going to name it? And we went through like a bunch of different things, right? But then we're like, well, you know what? Why don't we just name it Charlie's? 
because like everybody that knows me, bro, that knows that I've grown weed my whole life, they'd be like, well, I got this weed from Charlie. I got this fire weed from Charlie. So I was like, well, fuck it. It'll just be Charlie's. It's the same shit. They're getting fire weed from Charlie. Let's just call it Charlie's. So we hired this agency out of Mexico uh, for Monterey. That's the thing is like branding agencies, dude, for some reason, bro, like I've noticed that good branding agencies in Mexico have a bit more of an international perspective for brand building. Because the, the agencies in Mexico City, they have clients all over the world, but it's cheaper labor there. So they, they, they hire them because, it's, you know, it would have cost me, dude. So I maybe spent like, all in all, bro, to date, 150 bands on the brand, mm -hmm. you know, in the States, it would have cost me probably 200, 250, maybe a little more yeah. for everything because like they still do all of my content every month. They do all my social media content. They do everything. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're like, you know what, dude, let's just really focus on building the fucking brand. And when I, when I sold the companies, this is what was kind of cool. This is kind of like where I learned. Almost was like Fruity Pebbles a little bit. When, uh, which one is that one? The shirt pie. The shirt pie, yeah. yeah. Dude, roll some of that up, bro. You're going to love that shit, dog. Yeah, definitely have some of that. You got to roll that shit up, bro. Twang. That shit's fucking fire. Fucking laid back, bro. That, 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 what <laughs> those, is that Oracle? Those, those hand rolls. Fuck, yeah. yeah, those that, are great. That 16% THC weed? <laughs> shit slumped. That's why it's funny. You yeah, know? It is That's funny, why right? It's funny, yeah. So when I was, um, whenever they bought my company, dude, it's like I had a, like, I learned so fucking much, dog. Like being in a boardroom working with venture capital firms, taking a company public, working with the SEC. I learned, it was like- What do investors want to hear? What a, bro, it was basically like, I went to like an Ivy League fucking business grad school and it was financed for me because they paid for everything. So when I came on with them, what they really liked about us was our brand. Like the Green Lotus brand was like really dope. I put a lot of, similar to this, bro. It looked like something like this, but for CBD, different vibe, you know, different customer, but it was this buttoned up and professional, you know? So they're like, we want you to rebrand all of our brands. And they had like four or five CBD brands that they had. So I'm like, all right. They gave me like a quarter million dollar budget, dude, to go rebrand all these fucking brands. And they had a guy on, the, on my board that he was like 60 something years old. And he sold a branding agency for like a couple hundred M's. So this guy was like, you know, the consumer packaged goods branding fucking expert in this venture capital fund. And he was like my mentor throughout this time period, you know? And me and him together, we hired a bunch of different agencies, learned even more about brands and branding and who's your customer and what's your brand message and what is the experience that you want to communicate and everything about fucking brands, dog. So when I went and built this, everything was done like very intentional, you know, like it's all about the brand experience when it comes to Charlie's. And it's like, for us, we're brand first in everything. And people are gonna be like, oh, well, that means you grow mids. I feel like I feel like a lot of weed people, bro, think that like good marketing it means you grow mids. And I think it's because like the chads have good marketing, but they have yeah. shitty weed. So that gives that people think that, right? Um, but it'd be like saying <clears throat> every time you hear that on the road, it's a fast car. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time it's a fucking Honda. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like, yeah, you don't know. You gotta you look don't at know, the bro. So you gotta look at the tree, right? Yeah. So um Yeah, of course. I feel like when, when, when you gotta I, smoke it too. Don't pay attention to the THC percentage. No, you gotta fucking smoke it. We're both slumped right now. I'm like licking my lips. I'm like, wow, that, Dude, that shit's fire, though, isn't it? I fire, love that bro. fucking strain, bro. Great job. That's kind of how I learned a lot about branding dogs. When we built this brand, we're like, okay, I want to build something that withstands the test of time. Like, what is what is something that can last 150 years? Mm. So I'm like, okay, 
I started researching like luxury brands, bro, like Gucci, Louis. How do all these brands build their brand? What do they have? Like I started studying them and I learned a lot of, I learned a lot about building like a luxury high-end brand just by studying them. And I built the roadmap for how I want to do this. And it's like all about the customer experience. It's very minimal, very minimalistic. Um, we wanted to build something that was elegant, right? Because I feel like the weed game is kind of missing that, right? Because I feel like everybody kind of goes with the trap culture and the die cut bags and the, you know, the cartoon looking stuff. And like, I'm not talking shit about that, bro. Cause some of those people are G's and they're making fucking money, you know? And so it's like, that's just not our business model, right? Like our business model is like something that's elegant that can be here for 150 years, you know? Um, so everything is like super intentional. Like even like, you know, the print on here, bro, like the embossed of the labels, like all this brand messaging, all this family, you know, from the Charlie's family, like everything is super intentional designed to create an experience, right? So we're pretty stoked with kind of the outcome, bro. You know, so that's absolutely what a fucking ride, bro. That's how Charlie's got here, bro. Holy fucking So now shit. we're in the Oklahoma market, you know, and um, it's crazy that it's, it's two hours, you bro, know, it's two hours like from my house. Surreal to realize that like, oh shit. It is. Wow. I've never been able to do that. So that's kind of, it was like, it feels good, bro. Like I take my kids to my farm, my son, you know, my, my daughter, and it's like our family goes and it's not something that like we got to be. Ashamed, ashamed of bro or hide or it's like a regular fucking gig you know it's like a regular job so i still live in dallas bro you know my brother lives in oklahoma at the farm we have a 10 acre property there um my dad works at the farm you know but his work is like what he wants like feed the chickens cut down a tree you know he's seven years old but dude he's out there with chainsaw cutting trees down <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Because he's from, bro, he's yeah. old school Mexican yeah. from the, from the, you know, countryside, yeah. right? Like he used to walk to school. He's definitely going to watch this thing and be like, damn, why were you talking about that? He's going <laughs> to, he's going to watch it. He's going to be like, why did you say that? It's For like, sure. If he's working at the farm, he's <laughs> definitely watching this hundred percent. bro, I'm just like transparent about shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, it's just, it's just who I am. You know, I don't have, I'm That's not ashamed. Cool I'm not ashamed family. of my past, bro. I'm not ashamed of my dad's past. I'm not ashamed of anything that's led us here on this fucking journey. Yeah, you know, so like I'm proud of that shit. Yeah, and so he he's proud. probably like because we're a generational bro. Like the weed shit for us is really is generational, man. Between yeah. my brother, my son, him, dude, there's 60, 70 generational years of fucking weed. You know, yeah. time touching the plant, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the strains you brought because I just want to go through a few of them. Yeah, because you brought us some crazy stuff. What is that one? Sure pie. So sure pie is um it smells like fruity pebbles a little bit. Sure, Almost. and that's a seventy day sure pie. Beautiful man. So it's I usually take it at sixty three, but at seventy it kind of changes. I like the Bro, long it smokes days. Smokes like way. It smokes so insane. Dude. Yeah, I'm so a that's, long that day was guy. By Seed Junkie. That's um shout out Seed Junkie. Sure BX one times G thirty three times wedding cake. And that was selected by Bones. So that actually also goes as Sherb cream pie. But like, I'm, I'm of the mentality that like, if I have a strain, once I touch it, the way that I grow weed, the way that under my LEDs, the way I dry weed and trim it, I put my touch on it, you know? So like, I told him, dude, I'm going to change the name, but he was cool. Like, you know, I give, I do the respect, I do it the respectful way, right? Like, hey, you selected this, you gave me the cup, but dude, I want to rename it, you know? Yep. Um, uh, Workle. Workle is is the white times purple Urkel. Yeah, that's Boom, that's, that's what we fucking smoked right there. Yeah, that's, that's fucking smoked. Shit got my eyes. What like, are some of the other ones? What do we so this is here? this is OG, this is our OG right here. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's actually what I'm about to. And remember. that's an old school cut of OG. That is, bro. I can so, tell. So I feel you know, I went through um, 
Bro, I went through like 60 different OG varieties recently, trying to find what I thought hmm? was like the best representation of what I remember OG in the shops here in Cali, like yeah. in 07, 08, 09, 2010, oh, nice, right? 11. Beautiful. Oh, you just put that on there? Yeah. Like that? Oh, yeah, it just nice, fits on right? there. I didn't even know that. I like these containers, yeah. The couch containers? Stack well yeah, like those that. are great, That's bro. the whole thing, and then they, they don't move, but yeah, these are great. So when we go to prepack, we're probably going to prepack in those, just because I don't really want to prepack in Mylar's. Like, the way that we serve flour now is, like, in a jar, deli style. Then we give the dispensary the bags, so they could they have walkout bags for the customers, so they have that experience. Right. But we're about to go prepack in Oklahoma, and I'm probably going to go with these. Beautiful guys. crystal content, bro. Appreciate Beautiful that, stickiness. I can actually see the individual, like, frost as it comes. Yeah, yeah. I can see the My head. My trimmers like, hate me, bro. Yeah. Because I'm, like, militant. Mm -hmm. Like, about everything. Like, it's got to be fucking trimmed this way. It's yeah, got to look I mean, like it just came beautiful. off the branch, bro. If it don't look like it just came off the branch, like, I don't know, you're really putting your best foot forward? That's That's how I see it. Like, I'm not, no disrespect to other people, how they trim their weed and whatever they do, whatever works for you. But like for us, like that weed needs to look like it just came off the tree. And that's part of the experience because it's not just the packaging and the brand, bro. Like the weed, when we call ourselves a family owned higher end cannabis brand. So if you're that, every touch point with the consumer better be that. It better yeah. be fucking high end. You can't have no cheap bullshit like this merch. You know, these are like Rue Porter luxury blanks, yeah. bro. These are fucking seventy, oh, eighty dollars shirts. I was That's like, hundred dollar crew this on. This is beautiful. I, yeah. I love it, bro. You did a great job. I appreciate and I love that. The man. design, everything. That's my homie right there. We did a photo shoot with really? him. Yeah, we did a photo shoot with him and some models, and that's there's a Charlie's jar in it. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Right that's tough. And he's fucking tough. smoking a joint, and it's like in a really dope place. It's like kind of like a speakeasy type nice. vibe, and it like communicates elegance, like. Yeah. higher end right luxury experience. luxury bro yeah. it's a luxury experience that's that's we're really trying to pave our own way you know and like if you look at our content bro and like our social media it's funny because sometimes people are like why don't you post more weed shit it's like well number one my account's gonna get taken down yep right and number two it's because i'm trying to give a brand experience here it, you know you're selling a lifestyle as well it's a lifestyle bro and so yeah. like the way that we market's a little different bro like you're not gonna see a bunch of trap fucking music on my instagram you know what I mean? You like you're gonna be true see, to the brand. You gotta be true to the brand. You're gonna see shit that communicates boss shit, high end elegance. Like I got, you know, like some of the content might have somebody wearing a suit. People are like, oh, fucking suits. Al Capone wore a suit, bro. You know what I mean? Like wearing suits is boss shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are suits in this space that are not from this space. Yeah, there's no man that could deny that. Or like hundred percent, hundred percent. But some people are like, like, oh, you know. No, if you show up in a suit, like people are like, oh, like you know, it what's communicates going on? power. Like, you take it seriously. It communicates yeah, you're a fucking sure. boss. Yeah, R.I.P. Kevin Samuels. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, so like that's the experience we're trying to build, dog. And it's I yeah. feel like it's, you know, when I look at the space, I'm like, everybody's going this way. I'm gonna go this way. Everybody's like growing that. these strains. I'm going to go, you know, hunt some different shit that I have, you I know, like, like this. That. Where's that haze, bro? Yeah. I was about to say, what's that one? This that, is the haze right here. Okay. Yeah. So that's. This is the black on black. Yeah. This don't even got a name for you. <laughs> that's so you're um, telling me though, that if I live in Dallas, I can drive two hours and I'll be smoking this. Yeah, bro. It happens all the time. Wow. Bro, I have a lot of patients. A lot of people go from Texas, come up to buy our fucking weed in the Yeah. Dispers. I mean, yeah. dude, it's a whole thing. To be able Oklahoma, to get I mean, this structure. It's, the, it's their best bet. It's their best bet. That's the best way that they're you know, going to see. That they want yeah. the full experience too. People want the consumer experience. And they want to make sure it's legit. I think a lot of people forget that. It's 100%, like they, bro. They, that they don't enjoy that. No, it's enjoyable. That's what a part of brand? it. Well, what are brands, bro? What is a brand? How um, would you put that into words? What is a brand? A brand. It's an identity. Yeah, it's an identity. It's an identity yeah. that creates an experience. Yeah. I like that. That's what a brand is, bro. 
right? Absolutely. It's not a logo. Yeah. It's not a it's not a font. It's yeah. not a bag, right? Like a brand is like a combination of all those things. And it's how do you put it together and deliver it to the person that you're touching? You know yeah. what I mean? That's, I've seen a bunch of Oklahoma weed. I've seen a bunch of weed from all over the country. I, you you grow right great weed, bro. This I appreciate that, man. Yeah, shout uh, out to fresh, the fresh, sticky. You can see the frost. I mean, I'm even getting into this haze. And Dude, that I'm haze like, is so frosty, if isn't you, it? If you, yes. And it's like, if you're into this type of terp, this is exactly what you're looking for. The structure, the stickiness, the freshness, 100%. the burn quality. We smoke too massive and it was burning beautifully like appreciate that it's man. nice to see this happening because it's not a lot it's rare it's well, rare in this there's this there's some, setting. there's a couple people in oklahoma doing it like that bro yeah there's oh i'm not, not saying there's not i'm not yeah i know it's you're just, not this it's is a rare. small part of the it's market. a small part of the market that's what i was gonna like say yeah talking, it's you know? a small part it of is. the market bro like you have maybe you know, that's people that are that get it they got the roots and mm -hmm. been doing it for a long time and look at it as an expertise and they're about you know it's like people that don't have a backup at plan. the highest level possible. 100 yeah, bro you know? it's people that are all in yeah they don't in. have a backup plan that they've been doing this all their life because they take pride in their craft like for yeah. us bro it's a craft right like yeah. i'm a craftsman and when i'm showing you my craft i got to deliver a certain type of experience when i'm doing that or else i'm not living up to my 20 years of cultivate what have i been doing for 20 fucking years if but we don't look like that yeah right I love that. Yeah. So that's like, that's, we live by that shit, bro. And if it isn't that, it's not going to go under the Charlie's brand, you know? Yep. 100%. Man. What's your, uh, what's your biggest seller in Oklahoma? Like at business? Bro, people? we sell out of everything. Oh yeah. It's like that. Everything. We sell out of everything fast. I can tell. You know what I mean? But you know, what's interesting, like, so talking about like strains in Oklahoma that don't do well. So we like grew some rainbow belts, bro. Rainbow belts, 20, the, the archive cut mm -hmm. fire. Diet right? Z. That's what people call it, Diet Z. I know that's what people call it, Diet Z. Yeah. Josh D calls it Broke Man Skittles. Yeah. yeah. But dude, I, that's what it was. <laughs> but both. Broke man Z. So, so what it great is, if we're being honest, smokers. what it is, if we're being honest, it's, it's the best looking version of Skittles you're going to get. This guy. You know? It's, it's, at least it doesn't look like Skittles. Like, if you can't get the real Z, I got some yeah. belts. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just grow some belts? No, nah, yeah, we did grow. I like belts, but I also I grow skittles. Belts. But yeah, yeah. no one wants to He's grow on the diet, skittles the, the, diet drinks and shit like that. But like, so the skittles stuff got to smoke good though. But it doesn't do well in Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, like here neither. It doesn't here. Nah, hell no. You don't. Not so? as flower. No, I don't think so. Skittles, Sk skittles, no, like, rainbow belts. You just have like a bunch skittles of hybrids. Uh, depends. Yeah, like the ones that are let's say they're yeah, smoking. Really, they check all the boxes. Really specific. You want to talk about like that's. The 0.1% of the 1% yeah. know, that like that you yeah. know, or that will well, pay for that. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we ran into there is like it all sold out and it, it did pretty well. But there were some shops where like, dude, we can't sell this weed. It's, yeah. not, it's green. Yeah. Yeah. It's spongy green. It's spongy green. It's not purple. <laughs> it doesn't smell like gas. Like we can't I sell love this it, weed. Yeah. I love it too, bro. Like, I, smoke I get the it. Fuck out of I it. get it. But um, so, but the weed, the strain that probably does the best is that sure pie, bro. Yeah. It wow. smells like Fruity Pebbles almost. Yeah. It's Reminds interesting to see how back. OGs do in different markets because I always wonder that because Cali is such an OG market 100%. where if you had a dispensary and it, you could put out this consistently, people from all over Cali be driving down for some like gassy ass OG. Well, that's what I wanted to create, bro, was like, where's that real OG at? Yeah. You know, like the OG that I used to remember when I was here, you know, growing herb and growing OG, yeah. like 
the Skywalkers and the fucking Diablo G and the all the shit that was being grown back in the day. I also want to. There's also um, here this one too. This is this is the raw genetics. When shit. you break this up, it, it you this is so fresh that it's locked in. When oh, you yeah. when you break this OG up, it completely explodes. Like it explodes. It, my fingers are uh, wet with the grease from it. No, you did a great job. This bro. is the and this is the raw genetics cherry Paloma keeper, which is. Uh, Georgia pie trop cherries, but it has like no trop cherry in it at all, other than the color, you know? It just has trop color. It's kind of like a Bubba, kind of like master. It smokes like a Crack master it. Bubba, you know? Yeah. Super so. Yeah, I mean, it, as soon as you, same with the OG, your weed's so fresh. This yeah. is so fresh that as soon as you crack it, it explodes with terps. It's 100%. like, but this is what I want in my weed is I want it still fresh to where now I'm curing it out. Well, that's what and you want. You want to cure it out yourself. You don't want to get it. it in this dead already. Yeah. You know, because there's no option in between, really. No, I mean, most of the time it's either fresh, sticky and it's smoking proper. And you can now you can bring it to its you're at 90 percent potential. Bring it to 100 over the week while you're smoking it or two days or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is no, I love it, bro. So where where can they where can we find you in Oklahoma? We're in about now, probably about 70, 60 to 70 shops. So the best thing to do is go on our Instagram at the uh, Charlie's underscore official and they have a find us tab in the highlights. And it lists all the drops. So, but the thing is, bro, like if you don't get our weed, like the week that it drops, it's gone and it won't come back for like 10 weeks. Cause we have, we, we launched in Oklahoma with a 50 lighter, right? Super small batch. Bro. Damn. Yeah. And it was all about the brand, create the demand and then fill it. Don't overgrow. And then you can't sell it. Right. It's like, you got to have the demand, bro. So it's like, we're going to start small. We bought the land, built out the space did it ourselves with no investors all the family basically chipped in everybody that made money when we sold the past business threw in and helped build this right so it really is a family fire family run thing dude so it's just like a 50 lighter there bro and we harvest 80 90 pounds and when it's sold it's sold and it's gone for another till 10 weeks so we have another harvest you know it's amazing though because you're able to get more forward and you know be appreciated more and 100 percent. i you know i like your your ideology with that you know build smaller yeah fill the demand then worry about expansion it was like start much small, better model worry about the brand worry about the quality. brand experience worry about the quality yeah and then once you establish that then you can fill that demand slowly not compromising quality yep right otherwise it's like a lot a lot of people bro they throw up you know thousand lights without a brand yeah like, what are you a bunch of money and, fucking weed? and now you got to pay your investors every month so now you got to fucking backdoor it all at $800 a pound to make payroll. They need to take a lesson. That's from, what's happening, bro. Yeah, right? yeah. Like people yeah, go yeah. too big. People go too big. They don't have a demand for their weed. They don't have a brand. They might have great weed though, but great weed without a brand is like an address without a fucking GPS. Yeah. It's just out there. How are you ever going to find it? That brand isn't acquiring the customer. You're never going to find them, dude. So it's like, then you have all this weed. You have all this overhead. You owe your investors 20 fucking million dollars. You're paying half a million dollars in debt service a month, right? It's like, you got to fucking sell this weed for whatever you can get. And we didn't want to be in that position. We want to be in a position to where like, if you want this, you got to pay top dollar for it. Yeah. You know, and it's worked out, bro. You know what I mean? You can tell, man. Any collabs or anything you guys got going on coming up? Well, like we're doing the, the ZBX2 hunt with Raw. That's dope. Um, yeah, we have like a hundred seeds that we're so gonna Skittles be back cross. Skittles back cross. Yep. Yes, we we have. So we're doing that. Um, other than that, we don't really have any collabs, bro. You know, like um, straight dropping. 
Just keep a new them. flame coming. Pheno hunting, bro. Yeah. Keep, you know, I'm most excited about some of these new phenos we have. Like we have a Moonbow 112 IX1 pheno that my buddy Gary hunted. And um, dude, that thing is like Skittles on steroids, bro. It's like if you took Damn. creamy Skittles and just isolated that terp and left everything else behind and amplified it times 10, like that's what this cut is. And it's fucking fire, bro. So we're about to get that into production. I got like the the blueberry Z from Terp Hogs that I'm pretty excited to run. Fire. Um, just keep, I just want to keep pheno hunting and finding unique different shit, bro. Yep. Mm -hmm. Don't settle you know, up. Don't, don't, keep yeah. Keep the bar high. Keep the bar high, bro. And just really focus on this experience for the customer, you know? And yep. like, I'm really focused now on getting the launch in New York, in New Jersey done pretty soon. Wow. New Congrats. York is going to be pretty, pretty soon. Like we're actually going to have a launch party in New York, bro. And couple months probably so looking for venues and um you know i want to drop that moonbow i 112 ix1 in new york at our launch party you know so we're looking at you know with cultivation partners that are there about like you know getting everything squared away so we can actually execute on that you know but um that's coming pretty soon bro and uh new jersey will probably go online sometime 2024 something like that and then just keep really just stay really focused on the brand experience because i think if we do that like i feel like we know how to grow weed with our eyes closed because we've been doing it so long you i feel like we can do that you still make mistakes but it's second nature at this point bro for us it's what we do right so if we can really focus on the brand experience and keep the quality where it's at because we know how to do that then i feel like we can be successful in the space we can build a hundred year brand absolutely and that's the goal that's the goal bro mm -hmm. family business family run family affair it's family ties that's it bro now we'll see you at the family reunion basically yes, <laughs> bring the whole family too <laughs> my real. son wants to come he's like yeah. shit. he's like am i coming yeah like, yeah dude you gotta sell Yo, weed he's i know get out, here. <laughs> get out here man yeah. it ain't that long you know quick trip yeah shit man any any shout outs anything you want to go over like Man, shout out to my team, bro. You know what I mean? To like the family, bro. Like they work hard. The guys, they work. It's, it's four of us, dude. We work long hours, bro. You know, like basically run two businesses because running a brand and running cultivation are like two different businesses. Sales and branding is like a business and cultivation is production. Yeah. Sales and marketing. And then you got, you know, manufacturing. Production. Like basically. most industries, dude, people don't realize this, but most like consumer packaged goods, like weed's a consumer packaged good, right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. You fucking consume it. Most consumer packaged good brands don't manufacture their products. They go to white label manufacturers because yeah. that's a whole other fucking it's business. It's like that in this game too. Yeah, it is like <laughs> that in this. Well, but you have some that are vertical though. Some yeah, guys yeah. that do For everything. Sure. For sure. So it complicates, that's hard. That's really yeah, hard. Yeah. You're running three or four businesses in once. The guys that actually do the other thing, that's like the traditional way of how you build brands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You find manufacturers that manufacture yeah, shit outsource. and you do sales and marketing. So we do both. So it's like, it's a lot of work, bro. You know what I mean? But I mean, shout out to them, bro. They work long fucking hours. We haven't really taken a paycheck, you know, and from this brand, bro. Like we're barely really about to start getting paid. You know, we've all basically been living on savings and money that we've made. And um, they're fucking, they're soldiers, bro. They're in the, they're in the trenches in the foxhole with me. Fucking hand yep. to hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's shout fire. out to them, bro. For real. Shout out to the whole Charlie's family. If you're looking for Charlie's in Oklahoma, pull up. He's in over 70 shops at Charlie's underscore official. And you'll soon know him by way of the first Charlie of the with day. a Y. Yep. 
Charlie Everybody Lula spells Lula. it I-E. <laughs> nah, just no, like Charlie on the shirt, Lula man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. C-H-A-R-L-Y-S. Yes, Charlie's, man. Sure. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Like I said, Absolutely. like, is, is it from, from my perspective, like I've built a business and sold it and I know what that fucking takes, bro. I know what it takes to build something and it's fucking hard, really hard. And especially when you're financing it yourself, when you're paying for everything yourself, it's way harder. And I know like, Dude, I know some people fucking this meme shit and people talk shit and this and that, but they have people have no idea how hard it is to fucking build something and how easy it is to make a meme and how easy, yeah, bro. So like, for, dude, I'm I'm uh, inspired and impressed by what you guys have done. You know what I mean? And I Appreciate think you guys, that, man, are, you, I think you guys are gonna do big things with this in the space, bro. It's all love. It's only man. gonna get bigger, bro. It's all love Appreciate for all that. those guys posting memes. We're, we're, it's all love for you, bro. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. all love. We're doing it for the love of the game, love yeah. of the sport. Yeah, man. You know, I love building shit. I could tell, bro. You know, and he he does too, and you you do as well. That's why we've had a good combo today. So it's a blessing. It's, it's we really get to, fire. We get to sit down and listen to someone's life story, and then they they have a a raw take on it because we get to sit down in the intimate setting, right? And then we get to hear your journey and then see all the work you put into this and talk about it, try it, How sample it. All it. You know, it, it's awesome. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a man. blessing that you made it here. It's a blessing that appreciate that, that journey ended with this, you know, as far as like now, look what you're doing. Yeah. Super cool. Absolutely, man. Shout out to you, that, the whole Charlie's family. Appreciate and that. Shit, we'll see you guys soon, man. Thank you, you guys. Know. Get that Appreciate OG it. Kush. Hey, let's go. Peace.